Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. For their courage, I nominated these men for the title of Hero of the Soviet Union. But the committee ruled that because it was not wartime, and because it was merely an accident, they were not worthy of the title hero. What good are honors from such people? These men sacrificed not for a medal, but because when the time came, it was their duty. Not to the Navy, or to the state, but to us, their podcasts. And so, to podcasts! To To podcasts! Hey, everybody! (laughs) Oh my god. I was zoning out when he said all that at the end of the movie, I guess. Why? It's such engaging. <laughs> the movie, I, I mean, you're so on the hook by that point. <laughs> it's where Harrison Ford's character is like, you know what? I think the Soviet Union might not totally be on the level. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm coming around to this way of thinking. Uh, Harrison, uh, hey, uh, this is Catherine right now over the, uh, the megaphone. Uh, great. Could we do another take? Uh, more stoic? Is that possible? <laughs> Can you give me a little less... To latch on to. Uh, okay, I'll give it a shot. Uh, Hi, everybody. My name is Griffin Newman. I'm David Sims. Welcome to Blank Check with Griffin and David. This is a podcast that is hosted by Griffin and David. That's the two of us. We're hashtag the two friends, a competitive advantage that we have going for us and no other movie podcasts. <laughs> sure. Uh, this we're we're concerts of context here. You know, you're all over the place. <laughs> Sorry. Go on. Go on. This is a podcast about filmographies. Directors who had massive success early on in their career were granted a series of blank checks, and sometimes those checks cleared, and sometimes they bounced. Baby. Baby. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> What's a submarine noise? No, I think that's it. Doom. Yeah. yeah like yes. a sonar noise or whatever. So it appears that it's bouncing. <laughs> the check is bouncing. Uh, but we are connoisseurs of context. Even if I said it at the wrong time, it's true. Sure, yeah, yeah. Which is why we're talking about... It just feels like something you, like, blurred out in bed now. Like, you know, <laughs> like, you just say it at the weirdest times. Well, spoilers. <laughs> or someone's like, you're just, like, sitting in a chair with, like, a glass of whiskey in your old age. And someone's like, how you doing? And he's like, you're yeah. connoisseurs of context. <laughs> <laughs> this is a series about the films of Catherine Bigelow. Sure. Big time Bigelow. Yeah, right. Bam Bam Bigelow. Big Daddy Bigelow. Yeah. Um, and we've gotten to that moment that everyone waits for when we get to the titular sure. episode, the movie that inspired the name of our miniseries titled Pod 19, The Widowcaster. Great Hold title. for applause. <laughs> right. Yep. Order of Lenin is awarded. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're talking about K-19, The Widowmaker, the film that almost destroyed Catherine Bigelow's career. Sure. Irreparably. I think destroyed her career. Not irreparably, but, you know, whatever. And the movie that gave awful, awful Hollywood an excuse to not hire women directors for their blockbusters for a decade and a half. I think that's that's true. This became the one that they went like, well, look, we gave Bigelow $100 million and it wasn't good. So clearly women can't make money. I guess so. But, you know, this was an independent movie. We'll get into that. Yes. Which I think I think is the root of the problem with this movie is Uh, where the money came from. Yes. Uh, but yeah, no, I would argue. sure. But God, do we have a guest today? Yep. He's neck and neck. We have three guests who are beloved by our fans, by our blankies. Yep. Who have done the same number of episodes. Is that right? Are you keeping track? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, and and fans wait. They pray. They hope that these guests they will do. be coming they, back. Each miniseries. Please let them in. They found out what you're doing and they started posting about it on Reddit. Do you know there was a Reddit thread where Is they surmised right? yeah. from our Twitter exchanges that you were yeah. doing this episode and people <sighs> upvoted it 25 times. Hey, Excitement so that you excited. were talking about this movie. Well, they know I love little sailor boys. <laughs> I did the army boys last time. That's true. Yeah. We got to think of an Air Force movie to complete the trilogy. Fly boys, come on. Yes, of course. Well, you're you're going to do an Ellison uh, series, right? Yeah. Yes. No, absolutely. Yes. Uh, you know him best from the Lady in the Water episode, mm-hmm. uh, the Saving Private Ryan episode, and what was, what, fuck, what's the other one? Um, a Vanilla Sky. Vanilla, Vanilla Sky. Sky. Yeah. Vanilla Sky. Vanilla Sky, mm-hmm. but an uh, Air Force movie in its own way. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. About well, sky. Aloha is really the that's Air Force. Well, movie. It that movie is yeah. true. about yeah. the sky. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, and and also uh, his writing for Vanity Fair and the podcast Local Man, uh, the great Richard Lawson. Hey has guys, joined us in this too. <laughs> Thank you for having me hey, so much. I'm really excited to talk about this one. I love Jim Belushi. I love dogs. <laughs> I love comedy. It's a rare comedy for Catherine Bigelow, which I think is interesting. I didn't really get what you guys were going with the Harrison Ford thing because he's not in K9. <laughs> Oh boy, I love dogs. That's the, are you are you pitching that as a new movie starring Richard Lawson? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it with a different podcast network. Though. My, oh, sure, fair enough. My my friend Jordan Fish, uh, my old friend who's a listener of the show, uh, so he'll appreciate the shout out. Has this movie idea that we always like bat back and forth called uh, 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 "Must Love a Morris Paris." It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. And it's a movie about two people who like it's like a, a before sunrise kind of movie of two people who go on a date to see Amores Peros the first date and then spend the rest of the night arguing over whether or not the movie had value and whether or not uh, Inaratu okay will end movie. up being a substantial director right. and yeah, Inaratu right. would direct that movie he, yes he's right. that self-regarding it is a comedy yeah. uh, did you know K9 is kind of like a deep impact Armageddon or like Bugs Life Ants you know one with of those, Turner Hooch with Turner and Hooch they came out within three months of each other yeah Cop and dog movies. Like, yeah. why is it that this happens? I I and, don't know. And but a flip of the coin between Belushi and Hanks for who would capture America's heart is our great leading man of the next day. <laughs> and we all know how that turned out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there it is. There they yeah. are. Uh, David showing us. Jim poster. Belushi had like a a astonishing number of like leading vehicles. I sometimes forget. Uh, yeah. Curly yeah. Sue, right? Yeah. Is that Mr. A- Destiny? Mr. Destiny. With Rene Russo, I believe, is in that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what's and, it called? And uh, Michael Caine's in that one. Red Heat uh, with Schwarzenegger at the two-hand? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, right. Red Heat, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Michael Caine's in K9. He that's was Jerry Lee, the dog. That's Michael Caine yeah. 9. Uh, Homer <laughs> and Eddie with uh, right? Whoopi. Whoopi, yeah. I don't know what this movie is, but uh, it's about a homicidal escape mental patient with a brain tumor who meets a childlike mentally challenged man as a traveling companion that's a movie that came out so Jim Belushi has been in more movies than like Daniel Day-Lewis right he's been been in an intense amount of movies he's he's still making I mean he was fantastic in Twin Peaks I I know you guys haven't watched he uh, he has become a really good character actor in his older age I thought he was great in Call Me a Hero like he's I think he rules now but it's weird how long they kept on being like, he's going to make him a leading man. Sure. Yeah, they really wanted to. Yeah, they did. Like 10 straight years where That's like John Belushi thing. died. Right. And they were like, we got, we need a Belushi top line. But who was famous in the Belushi vein that they were trying to model him after? Because like he had, he wasn't an original idea, right? Like he's not that You're handsome. Right. He's sort of like, right. got he was this like a schlubby. Kind gr- of, yeah. Right. 
I guess there were other actors doing that, but, but I guess, I don't, yeah, it's no, a I good mean, question though. Yeah, who is the who is like the, the, extremes, uh, the everyman? Right. Yeah. You go like like Goodman's at one pillar. He's not as like schlubby Goodman's and blue collar. Goodman's, Goodman's never been like a box office. Well, I guess right. in the King Ralph era, Tom Arnold wasn't around yet. No, or, I guess no, he maybe he was a little bit. But he's but, trying to. Yeah. He's, yeah, that's definitely yeah. what he but sees. It, but it's almost like they wanted him equidistant between Goodman and Hanks, in a spot sure. that didn't really exist. You have to like pick a lane. He's you know, a, he's a little. Yeah, I guess Belushi could be like is a little butcher than Tom Hanks, right? And a little bit skinnier than right. John Goodman. <laughs> yeah. But also, just in terms, You're of, not wrong. In Look. terms of like temperament, it was like he's not surly enough, but right. he's also not like charming enough. Yeah. Uh, so this is a mini series about the films of Jim Belushi. <laughs> yeah. So I watched K nine by mistake. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go watch K nineteen now. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ben, stop the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and we're back. Producer oh, Ben, stop so the podcast. So it's about submarines. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I stopped it. Yeah. Poet Laureate, stop the podcast. <laughs> okay. I, Peeper, stop the podcast. All right, I'm stopping it. Are you our finest film critic? Uh, sure. Then prove it by stopping the podcast. Okay, I did. And we're back. You know, I heard a rumor you graduate to certain titles okay. over the course of different miniseries. That's true. Like producer Ben Kenobi? Mm-hmm. Kylo Ben? Say Bennington? Ailey Ben's with the dollar sign? <laughs> ben Nightshamalan? Ben Say? <laughs> Warhaz? Purdue Rebane? I did now. like a third of them. I know you time. did a great job. I did a Thank speed you. Round. I'm, I'm not even mad at you. I'm just mad at us. Yeah. For doing this to ourselves. Do you have one for this yet? Uh, no. I mean, the they. <laughs> we should say it. leading the fan. Like the fans are it's all terrible. demanding. It. I don't like. They it. want us to call it. <laughs> They're two varietals of the same joke. I don't think it's funny. <laughs> I don't think it's I'm funny excited. either. But I do think all us having to say it every week. I get the joke of that. Osama Ben Hosley. <laughs> <laughs> Is what has been <laughs> heavily demanded. Oh, uh, there's some variations sure. on that. Oh, Osama Ben Laden, sure. Osama Bin right, Hosley, right. yeah, yeah, Osama right. versus Osama. But the, that's the main joke that everyone's angling at. Yeah, I don't know why that's what they've latched onto, but they there's there's definitely a drumbeat for that one. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, if you have any other ideas, so please they, they, let they us. didn't like like police mentality or something. <laughs> I mean, hotel Benjiers. Oh, right. oh Jesus! All right, yeah. All, all right. right, cut that out. All of it. Everything that's ever happened. Ben, keep it in. Double it. Great. Sure. Point Ben. Yeah, you know, John, um, you know, Benny Utah. I don't know. Sure. The Hurt Hauser. Yeah. <laughs> that's not bad. not bad that's actually okay Hurt that's Hazard? not desperate not bad that's not the worst thing I've ever heard yeah uh, I yeah. definitely think we're safer if we go towards the early Bigelow films and <laughs> sure. Ben, right. rather than the ones that are well, dire This is serious yeah. that would be my argument about K-19 though is that this is the fulcrum right yes. uh, between her uh, reputation as like a genre director and her right. reputation as like a master of war realism. She yeah. has right. process and right. Yeah. She has definitively turned a corner. She mm-hmm. has stopped being fun, <laughs> but right. she hasn't figured out how to become engaging yet. Yes, you know, right. at least engaging in this vein. I, I, I mean, my joke on uh, Letterboxd or Twitter, or whatever, wherever I post it, was like, um, she, she's like, I made with Point Break the most fun movie, yeah. right? So why not try mm-hmm. to make the the least fun yeah. movie, right? Yeah. Like let's let's see if I can do the and other. I would I would argue in some ways that she succeeded. Yeah. Bang on target. Well done, Catherine. Well, yeah, radiation uh, poisoning isn't fun. <laughs> well, it's interesting in the in the monologue that you did at the top of the show, Griffin, uh-huh. where the line about like 
because it wasn't wartime mm. and it was just an accident. It's like accident. And it's like, right, so why did you make the movie? <laughs> yeah, right. That's what I feel like. I mean, I went to the Wikipedia page. I like cracked it open as I started the movie. And boy, did I struggle to get through this movie. Like this was, I will admit, I did a little scrubbing at some parts. Because uh-huh. sure. I was just like, Jesus fucking Christ. I So I uh, had a show last night and then went out for drinks afterwards and got home. But I'm an insomniac, as you guys know. So I like got home pretty late, but I was like, I can watch this movie. I'm not going to fall asleep early, right? Sure. Fall asleep within like 15 minutes. So just like fucking no-dose, right? This movie, yeah. or the opposite of no-dose, De- NyQuil, right? I was uh, like, right. fucking yeah. out. Got a full eight hours, woke up, put the <laughs> movie on, immediately fell asleep again <laughs> within five minutes, okay? So what I ended up having to do was I literally set my phone with an alarm for five minutes from that moment. Mm. And every five minutes, I'd have to turn off the snooze button because I was so worried I was going to continue falling asleep. And a couple times I did. Wow. That's the ideal movie watching experience, I feel like. Yeah. Well, so, Um, I mean, A, you know, a big running thread in this podcast has been my inability to sleep. I think I finally found the solution. That's true. There you go. I just need to buy K-19 The Widowmaker and put it on. ordering endless drills. Yeah. And enunciating so well. Sure. Start the journalism feeling like uh, You were talking about the Wikipedia. I was reading the Wikipedia, and um, the guy that Liam Neeson plays mm. was the one vote that didn't, that he was the one vote against um, launching a nuclear weapon during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh, and wow. it's like, that sounds like a interesting right, he's movie. He's a hero. Well, right, yeah. right. The, yes, this is Damn, what I was going to say. look at this guy. That guy is awesome. Yeah, yeah that guy I, cool. I, I love this guy. It is crazy how much the real guy looks like Harrison Ford. Yeah. yeah. It is It yeah. is pretty they cool. They got lucky you with that one like? in a sense that they had a bankable, iconic well, movie except, star. Yeah. Well, except that the nuts. real guy was 35 years old when the thing happened. Well, but, you know, Russians, they, they yeah, age true, like pears. City miles. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. age like pears. Yeah. Um, no, the thing I was going to say about the Wikipedia entry was I open it up to start watching the movie, and I see immediately it goes, a film depicting the first of many disasters involving K-19. Yeah, went, right. It's sort of a curse sub, but yeah. we don't see the rest of the curse. We just see this incident. But what's weird is the movie starts and they're like, hey, there's been some bad shit going on in the making of this sub. Sure. None right. of which is depicted. Right. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Then you see the first incident that happens before wartime. And right. then they don't decommission. K-19 was not decommissioned until 1991. Right. It went through the entirety of the rest of the Soviet Union and like Union 20 and beyond, more yes. awful things happen. Yeah. It's like if they ripped the Titanic out of the bottom of the ocean and just put it back on water. <laughs> and it just kept on happening over and over again. Like the K-19 you Wikipedia You just gave James page, Cameron an idea. Yeah. The K-19 Wikipedia page for the actual sub reads like Groundhog Day. Yeah. Well, the one that, that really, um, the, the women like gluing something onto something, who six women died from fumes while making it. It's it is a pretty crazy story, but I just feel like she focuses on, I don't know. Right, and the guy getting hit by the car at the yeah. beginning of the, but like yeah. people were dying in and out yeah. of the sub. Well, yeah. subs are, it's a, there's a recipe for disaster. There's no windows. You can't right. air no. them out. No. So, only in Polish submarines, <laughs> as the joke goes. Or no, screen door. That's a screen, screen door. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Hey, I'm uh, Polish. Uh, sure. Yeah, great. Uh, K-19, the, the Widowmaker. No, but it is one of those things where you just go like, it's weird to make a movie out of this story and only make it this part of the story. Yeah. Like, be, because it's not wartime, because it's like someone just making a bad decision and getting them fucked. Yeah. And then there's no real solution or resolution to it. It's just like, well, that was awful. Yeah. Which, I, yeah. Which actually, it's kind of like Detroit in that way. I mean, it's sure. less urgent, obviously. Sure. But it's like, oh, here's a terrible thing, and then the movie ends. Yes. Right. And you it's know? like, there's not no ambiguity to the terribleness of the thing. Right. It's depicted as, you know, with sort of like care for like making it look like it actually probably happened. Yeah. Right. They're right. trying to be journalistic about it. Right. 
Um, but yeah, so this is basically like, yeah, the thingy broke. Uh, a bunch of people went in there to fix it. That that was bad for them. Right. Pretty horrible for them. Uh, no good. Uh, and then uh, they surfaced um, and they got out of the sub. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was shitty. Right. Bad. And then most <laughs> of them died. Yeah. A lot of them yeah. died. And the other ones who didn't, they had to keep quiet about it because, well, we'll just tell you that in a postscript though. So, you know, you won't see that. Right. Uh, and that's it. But, you know? but like, the movie. it takes right. an hour plus for the thingy to break. The first yeah. hour of the movie is drills, <laughs> which nothing is more dramatically engaging than watching drills, than seeing yeah. scenes that innately have zero stakes because it's a forced simulation. And they keep saying this is drill. Well, the, the, the first scene tries to set up that it's right. not, and or the first drill, but then, then you're like, oh, wait, no, it's just right. vacant. And yeah. then you go like, right. right Fool me once, cool, let's right. move on, let's get to real stuff. And then but they do then, like six more drills. Drills are such a classic part of any submarine movie, right? There has to well, be sure, some drill that's like dramatic, one. but it's just one, exactly. Not eight. Is, no. Isn't it weird that the I submarine... love submarine movies, okay, by the way. I was, I was so say, bummed out about how bad this movie was. I'm not crazy about submarine yeah. movies. Like, I, I, uh, I'm i fairly claustrophobic. It's one of Same. my few kind of sure, triggers. And I understand sure. in a good submarine movie, that's what's being weaponized. Something like Das Boot is, right. like, making a meal out of how uncomfortable it's going to make you feel and being in that thing. Yeah. It is weird, though, that, like, the submarine movie is such or was such a prominent subgenre for a while, that there was like this amazing run of submarine movies because it feels very specific. It is. Well, what do you guys think of Crimson Tide? Uh, I haven't seen it in ages. I remember really liking it, and that score it sort of Score's is great. Still, Never seen really it. Score. I know people love it. I highly recommend. What do you Crimson think about Tide. Down Periscope? <laughs> well, which is now the second Heroin. time I've mentioned that on this on podcast. This very podcast. Heroin. I believe last time you said that I wrote and directed it, which I did. Yeah, and so I yeah. said a you know, true big thing. Fan. Right. Yeah. yeah, you just said the truth. Right. Uh, so I love Down Periscope. You know what movie I like? I think it's underrated is U571. I think that's a good movie. That's, a, that's Moscow, is it? A Moscow movie yeah. with I, a McConaughey. I, uh, and Bon Jovi and Bill Paxton. That's right. Yeah, you know, just the, the classic the trio. Three Amigos. <laughs> uh, I remember walking out of that movie when I was 12 because I was just like, I don't like submarine movies. Like I, I yeah. went to see it because it was like getting good reviews. I like that movie. Yeah, it's yeah, it's very claustrophobic. Right. It's very like sound but it oriented. Has, it has like stakes to it. Yeah. That I mean, obviously these yeah. Russian guys who, you know. I mean, it's Died trying to save their comrades and maybe the world. I don't know. Like, yes, of course, we should respect that. But, like, there's no plot. That movie is kind and of a ticking clock has- thriller. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, K-19 is, like, they're fucked. And then they spend the movie, like, wringing their hands over which of two bad options they should go right. with. Yeah. Let the Americans save us. It's, right. It, yeah. Right. And it's this movie where the, the, yeah, the crucial thing is that he finally ignores his duty to the country you know, to whatever, to the motherland, right? Right. To to save his men. Right. And then gets fucked for it. And, and it, I think there's something interesting there, but it's like almost, so I, I dramatically argue, inert for, as like a viewer. The last 10 minutes or so when it flashes ahead to 1989 was the one section of the movie I found very engaging and reminded me the most of what Bigelow becomes in the next three movies. Yeah, where where it is really dealing with these men in this situation. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. I mean, I think we should start from the beginning. I know we're getting into these like larger overview kind of things. Dun, dun, dun. But I think I for like the the thing that Bigelow likes doing, what she's sort of become now of this like fact based kind of like docudrama, you know, uh, the the grayness of you know morality and high stakes situations kind of filmmaker and very detail oriented. What's best for her is when she finds a really clean character arc in the middle of it. And she's able to tell one person's story in the center of that with a good performance. Like, you mean like Renner, Hurt Locker, Chastain, and Zero Dark Thirty? 
the, I argue the biggest issue with Detroit is she didn't pick one. That you have four she threads sort of that picked could have one, been. but then she didn't quite yeah. commit to it. Right. I yeah. think if she committed to one, that movie would work twenty five percent better. We'll get to that in a future episode. Yeah, that we all can't wait to record. Uh, everyone's oh, the Detroit episode. So <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a party. You want to come yeah. back? Yeah, I'll, I'll bring. I'll bring the drinks. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, but but this <laughs> movie, you're dealing with stoic Russian men who are afraid to show any level of emotion, and there's no right. effort with the young sailors to. Like there, we there's no like follow car for us, you know. Like there's no in. Which you think that's what they're setting With up Sarsgard yeah, to exactly. be? When he shows right. up, and I hadn't seen this movie, and I go, "Oh man, a Here fresh face, young Sarsgard, full of life." That feels like what he's going to be, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, he's just a plot function. Sure, but then uh, he's barely a character, right? He's just like the um, what's it, Donald Sumter character, where it's like, you are a nuclear technician. Yeah. Yes, he's like, oh yeah, well I've never actually worked on one before. And Donald Sumter's the doctor who's like, I've never been in a right. boat. I yeah. get seasick. Right. Like we're supposed to like fall about laughing. Like his job is just to. <laughs> oh like, no! Right. <laughs> like I don't. Right, like like he's the the rat guy in the abyss. Like that's going to be sure. a quirk. But like Sarsgaard's job is just to explain how things are fucked. Like he's the translator going right. like, this is why we're all going to die. Right. 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 Exactly. Um, I guess Belushi has kind of a good character in this. I mean, he he, he's sort of. Really yeah. that dog. But that's <laughs> all. I mean, that's right. It's yeah. a two hander. Yeah. You can't give him all the credit because <laughs> the performance is. I mean, he's kind of Ginger Rogers, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've always I've always thought that. Yeah. You've always thought the dog character just does a. Is the Astaire. You're right. Exactly. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and Belushi oh makes it God. look easy, but really backwards and in heels. Uh, um, Ken Kinsey's in this movie from Mad Men. Oh, and also Kinsey from Kinsey. Uh, the, tr- the two Kinseys are in this movie. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Hashtag the two Kinseys. There's, there's a young actor who has a few lines. He's one of the people who goes into the repair sure. thing. Um, named, I think James Ginty is his name. Uh, yeah. Let me yeah, find yeah. him. And he is uh, a colleague. He's a teacher at Chapin, and my friend knows him. They're, oh. on, the, they're on the faculty together. And James, I was like, do you know this guy? He's yeah. quite handsome. Yeah, he was in Surrogates. He was a big him. role in that. Um, Surrogates, With yeah. Bruce Willis and Rosamund yeah. Pike. Um, uh, which he, is a weird fucking movie. Oh, he, oh, and so he was at, speaking of Chastain. And you know who directed he, Surrogates, by the way? Uh, uh, Jonathan Chastain? Mostow. Jonathan Mostow. Oh, wow. So, Full yeah. circle. Sorry, carry on. But Just he was Chastain. at Juilliard in Chastain's class, and he left Juilliard to do this movie, to do K-19. <laughs> to do K-19? Yeah. Yep. And Chastain was like, now I'm going to chill. She'll yeah. come to me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give her 10 yeah. years. Yeah. She's going to watch Chastain. Yeah, so. um, um, th- but the thing I was going to say, I think one of the disastrous elements of this movie is, A, you know, not suited for Bigelow's approach because her stripped down, like brass tacks kind of approach doesn't work when you don't have an emotional center, which this story doesn't provide. And B, having Harrison Ford play this part is a nightmare. Because this is rough, when he was starting to get in his, like, Mr. Wilson. <laughs> like, I don't want to have any fun on screen, you know? What was going on with him? This is the beginning of the end. Well, I, mean, I, 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 I really, guess it already I, started to— let's, No, let's do I think this is the beginning. Because he basically has—he's done one Random bad Hearts, movie. I would argue— Random Hearts— uh, Oh, is wait, this before? is a selected filmography. Let me get to the real filmography. Yeah, because this is the main thing I want to talk about All with right. this movie. All right, so here it's, we— It is a really interesting— yeah. yeah. Here's Ford. So, yeah, and, you know, in the early 90s, he's got The Fugitive, and he's got the two Jack Ryan movies, right? He's still, like, Harrison Ford. And he's transitioning nicely into— uh, salt and pepper Harrison sure. Ford. I also right? think he he was in Star Wars, right? Uh, uh, Phantom Menace. I don't think so. No, the the um, one of the one of the later the episodes. sequel trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Right. I guess so. Um, Han Solo. But no, but that's the crazy thing is like in this day and age, like you look at Jennifer Lawrence's career, right? She's mm. got two huge franchises, and then more and more her movies outside those franchises aren't really working. The Russell ones did for a while, right? She's picking some bad projects, right? And she remains like. 
kind that of the Red biggest Sparrow star we movie? have today. I don't know. Is she going to do Bad Russian next on that? Oh, famous Harrison. Yeah, they probably. should retell that movie Bad Russian <laughs> and make it part of like the loose, like bad grandpa. Sure, yeah, bad, bad judge, judge, bad teacher, <laughs> bad judge. Bad well, like, where do we go? Like bad garbage man. Like you yeah. know, how how far do we have to go in this franchise? Bad person. Hey, I, I'd argue. <laughs> I, there, I'm I'm seeing a sitcom on CNN every night called Bad President. Have you ever seen that? I have Bad it's, President. Is Belushi in there? <laughs> Is uh, J- Jimmy? Oh fuck! I forgot what the name of the dog is already. Uh, it's named after the great ball, Jerry Lee. That's what he's called. Is the name of the dog in K nineteen? Yeah, Jerry Lee. No, K nine. <laughs> <laughs> no, the name of the dog in Cop and a Half. <laughs> yeah. Jim Jim Belouche probably would do a good show. No, that was right? Bert Reynolds. That was Sally Field. <laughs> no, that's our shortstop. Um, uh, what, what was I fucking saying? Well, Harrison Ford. Oh, what I was saying yeah, is, we, we have people like that, him? or like Downey Jr., who's humongous, but doesn't really do movies outside of Marvel. You know, we have sure, all these conditional yeah. movie stars like Vin Diesel, who like writes his own check with Fast and Furious, and then when he makes like Last Witch Hunter, I'm the only one who sees it three times in theaters. You saw it three times in theaters? I didn't. I saw it once. I was exaggerating, but it's really good. Um, it's, it's okay. It's fun. It's it's fun. That movie's fun. Yeah, I'd say it's the like best movie. movie ever based off of anyone's Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Yeah, well, yeah, it's between that and uh, Regarding Henry, which sure. was a Harrison Ford picture. <laughs> yes. yeah. That was based on Annette Benning's Dungeons and Dragons. Needs <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a little, few, few people know. Five comedy. Oh, boy. Um, but Ford, I was like, did Ford really have like that many hit movies or was it really like Star Wars? And No, he's got hit that's movies. That's the thing. Like, he, yeah. he, he's got three Star Wars, he's got three Indiana Jones, and then he's got like seven or eight other huge no, but- movies. And like four or five other like good like yeah. doubles no, or triples. Look, look, I'm going to give you his 90s because right. now you're disrespecting Harrison Ford. No, I'm like, saying no. I went back through today and realized how much I had been disrespecting him. I now have paid penance mm-hmm. and realized dude had a fucking unbelievable yeah, run. Yeah, because regarding Henry is a bomb. Okay, fine. But like presumed innocent was a big hit. Sure. Uh, that's 1990. Regarding Henry, that's a bit of a bomb. But then Patriot right. Games is a nice, solid sure. double. Now he's got his third franchise. Right. And then The Fugitive is a, a sensation. Right. That's a big, major hit. Yeah. Clear and Present Danger does better than Patriot Games. That right. makes $122 million in 94. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you got Sabrina the remake, which is like a terrible movie. And it's right. loathed. People hate it's that movie. It's so bad. Yeah. And even that made $50 million. Russell, like, you know, like even that look, didn't like, totally You, you got two flops there. His two flops are working with Mike Nichols and Sidney Pollack. Right, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not like a weird choice. I mean, and remaking you, Sabrina was an odd choice. I agree. Choice. But you got like... That's a weird movie. You got remake. like three hits in between each flop. Yeah, and the flops no. are commendable and, flops. And it was huge for Melissa John Hart. So it wasn't a complete failure. I love that it's talking worse. cat. Uh, you're right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big breakthrough for Greg Kinnear playing Salem. <laughs> he went from talk suit to Salem. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Julia Ormond was Ze- Zelda. Um, then he made The Devil's Zone, which was a bomb. I mean, right. let's not talk about The Devil's Zone. But then in 1997, Air Force One, which is the one greatest of his biggest movie ever made. Wasn't there some scandal with Devil's Zone, though? Well, because it's about the IRA. It was very controversial in Britain. I can't remember why. And that's because it was a really tortured production, I think, or Pakula something. Pakula died yeah. during post-production, right? Was it Pakula? I think that was Pakula. Yeah, it's Alan Pakula. I think yeah. he died in post-production. He had one of those freak deaths where he was behind like a truck with rebar on the back and it came loose and like impaled him. You mean like Oof, uh, yeah. fucking baby Femme driver. Fatale or Baby Driver? Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> he literally got killed by like the cargo of the truck in front of him while parked. Ugh. Yeah. I'm trying to find out if this is true because I, I that that just stopped the podcast for me. Really? Did I, well, I don't think he died during the Devil's Zone because it's not on the Devil's Zone page. You'd think okay. they'd bring that up, but yes, 
That is how he died. Not long after. He was impaled by rebar, right? He was uh, in a car accident on the LIE. If, yeah. A metal pipe to die. struck him in the head. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, um, so Devil Zone and then Air Force One, huge hit. Humongous. Right, great. Get off my That's plane. Such a good yeah. movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. That's the yeah. other President movie I've thought about plane. doing for the sibling episode. I actually keep meaning to talk about that with you. That's the other movie that me, Joey and I are obsessed yeah. with. Um, and we've seen a million times. Then Six Days, Seven Nights. You guys are such big Wendy Cruzen fans. <laughs> great pull. We're big Lysel Matthews fans. Um, uh, Six Days, Seven Nights is like a double or a triple. It like made $74 million. A, right. It's quite bad. Right. It may be a minor disappointment, but like. But here's my argument. Small a right- for Ford, big for Schwimmer. <laughs> but here's here, now let's think about the six day seven nights trailer okay and I, I, i'm just trying i want to talk about harrison ford's persona like you're talking yeah you know the do you remember the the big line from the trailer no she they, their plane crash on an island, or island. <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know what they, they're playing crash on an island right, right like, they spent six days seven mm-hmm. nights and over. she's like can't we fix it like can't we fix the plane like the wing has been sheared off and he's like sure we'll just Glue it back on. And it's like, all right, look, you're in a plane crash. Be nicer to NH. Like, he did three plane crash movies in a row. He did. He loves a plane crash. But that's, you know. When, and like, so it's like, why are you so mad, Harrison? Like, right. he's so grumpy all of a sudden. When people try to recreate Harrison Ford, I think the thing they always forget when they prime someone is like, this is the new Harrison Ford, which I think they mostly stopped doing now, but it certainly used to happen a lot. The thing they forget is that Harrison Ford used to be really funny. Like, what yeah. worked is that he had a sort of easygoing humor in these larger spectacles, you know? And it came from him being a bit of a crank. Mm-hmm. But when that crank becomes a curmudgeon... Right, then, yeah. I mean, because it's a fine line. Because, of course, like Fugitive, the right. Jack Ryan movies, yes, he's a, he's always been a, a stoic guy. Yeah, right? and then going back to, like, pre-Star Wars, like, post-American graffiti, like, where he was going to quit and be just be a carpenter. Like, right. I feel like he's always hated he's acting, it. and he right. never wanted to do it, but then when... Indiana Jones came along and that worked and other things worked. You can tell that he light, he brightens up. When thirty but, when he was thirty six and doing that, it was kind of funny because right. it was like, why is this old guy so over it? This young guy rather right. is so over it. Why doesn't he want to be in a Star Wars movie? You and know? then it gets to the point where you're like, well, if you don't want to be in it, just don't <laughs> right, be in it right. because I'm just trying to enjoy <laughs> the Sorry, movie. I Which the I, yeah. I think is what he quickly decides after K nineteen. He's yeah. like, you know what? Maybe I should just not be in movies right, for right. a while. I yeah. clearly know who's getting anything out of this. No, and he, because after yeah. is Random Hearts, which you clearly want to talk about. Another Another Sidney Pollack movie. Well, I just distinctly Another remember. Another plane crash movie. I remember walking by uh, a random ho- hearts, like um, billboard on the street with my dad. And my dad saying like, that's going to be a big hit. And I went like, really? Why is that going to be a big hit? And he went, because it's Harrison Ford. And I was like, I don't even know what it's about. Like, no one wants to see that. And he's like, it's Harrison Ford. All Harrison Ford movies do well. Sure. Well, and yeah, I remember, yeah, that Tom Hanks reputation. Right. Yeah. You know, occasionally there's a misstep, but it's probably like autopilot. You know, it's going to make like 70. And then he was like very surprised when it didn't do well. And it was like, huh. And then the bloom was kind of off the rose at that point. Like that was the moment where I just felt Random like. Random hearts? He never really rebuilt it after that. Now, well, I think everyone well, kind of just shrugged it off. And then K-19, because it was him in such a big high stakes summer release, that's when everyone really started to like. And, and What Lies Beneath came in between those two. And that was, right. a, that was a model. That was a rebound. Hit, but he played a murderer in it. Right. You know, and then he went right into K-19. And right. then it was like, oh, he's just dark and grim the whole, all the right. time now. Right. But yeah. yeah, What Lies Beneath was a big hit. And then, but and I then, feel like that wasn't really about him. Do you know what I mean? I like, agree. I think that was effective trailers, and Michelle Pfeiffer was, you know, it was big at the time. Zemeckis was big, so like no one thinks of that as a Harrison Ford movie. No, which is weird because every other Harrison Ford movie is definitely a Harrison Ford mm-hmm. movie. Sure, that's like a movie he's in. 
Random Hearts? I mean, Morning Glory, absolutely. Harrison Ford movie. I have argued I before. An and we'll continue to argue on this podcast. You should be nominated for an Oscar for Morning Glory. All right. Well, um, it's like my Kate Hudson and something borrowed. I will yeah. never, I will never yeah. give up that fight. Um, I think it's a good argument. Uh, yeah, you're right. That's, I, yeah. Um, what Lies Beneath comes after Random Hearts. Just FYI. That's a big hit. We were just saying. Yeah. But then K19. Then Hollywood Homicide? Hollywood Homicide and Firewall. Oh, no, well, actually, forget Firewall, because that's like, that's Hollywood years Homicide, later. he steps away for three years. Yeah, Hollywood Homicide's like, 03, Firewall is 06. And Hollywood Homicide is a really, like, repugnant movie. I don't know if you've yes. ever seen I've it. I've never seen it, but it's I remember gross. that reputation. Why it, is it it's, gross? It's kind of racist, and sure. it's just, like, brat. It's, it's just, like, it's really like unpleasant. It's like white guys investigating the rap world of L.A., yeah. right? And it's, yeah. it's fucking Ron Shelton, right? I right. mean, like, there's yeah. nothing There's no. nothing good there. No. Yeah, then he takes three years away, and it was like, is he ever going to come back? Is he ever going to make right. a Right, and then when he came back with Firewall, everyone was like, Ford's back, but that movie was such a flop that it was like, oh, forget it. And wasn't it. Firewall, um, like, Virginia Madsen's yes. big post-sideways mm-hmm. follow-up? Yes, yeah. that was her big in that one. Right. Yep. I, but I remember people being like, like my dad again, being like, that's going to automatically make $100 million just because there's, like, a Harrison mm-hmm. Ford nostalgia. Like, it's going to sleepwalk to 100 And then everyone just went like, I don't know. We don't need this guy anymore. Then he brings back old old Jonesy. Um, right. He brings back Jonesy, and that movie is a huge hit. Yeah. I mean, no question, right? But everyone's like, it feels like he doesn't want to be doing it anymore. It's true. I, I, yeah, I don't know. He's a hard one to figure out because he obviously, we've talked about it. He obviously likes playing Indiana Jones. And he's always it. like, I'll do another one. Like, you know. He also loves money and has a massive stake in that franchise. He loves money. The yeah. man fucking loves money. Right. And he openly just, talks He's a about businessman it. who like hates what he does for a living. Right. Do you know? But like the right. money is so good. He just wants he's to just buy like, planes. He's just like on the Metro North, like heading yeah. into the city. Yeah, like, right. oh, gotta do it today. And then know? he goes home like, and he like smokes a bunch of pot and yeah. like crashes another plane into a mountain <laughs> just to feel alive or whatever it is. He's that doing. click whole series about him and his <laughs> so mishaps is so good. But what's funny is then when he comes back after Indiana yeah. Jones. Then he's just like, I'll be in your movie. Extraordinary sure. Measures. Extraordinary crossing Measures. Over. Uh, yeah. Crossing Over. The one with Morning Hemsworth, Glory. Right. Um, the one Wait, with Paranoia. Hemsworth. Is it Paranoia? It's called Paranoia with him and Hemsworth. Yeah. It's, it's the yeah. younger and, uh, Hemsworth. Gary yeah. Oldman's in that one, right? Yes. Yeah, Liam Hemsworth and Amber Heard. Right, from the director of Legally Blonde. And in Paranoia, he throws Gary Oldman out of an airplane just, just, just for old times. Like, yeah, they, I mean, they, they were they like, we it. gotta do they this again. But Paranoia, like, I think opened outside of the top ten. Yeah. yeah, I mean that movie was like buried. suddenly he doesn't he, mean he anything. He did do Cowboys and Aliens, which was, I guess, more of like him being the star of a big genre picture. But that was a disaster. But it now. felt like but he like, hated that movie and his shit talked it since in the press. Yeah, yeah. forty two Ender's Game. He's in an Expendables. Forty two. He got sort of like decent notices for. He's, I feel he's like he's okay yeah. in that. He's I think doing he's a, a little ham sandwichy. He's that. a little hammy. <laughs> that movie is not great. Sure. You know, it's it, that movie's a real uh, by the numbers. But that movie, like, really helped Bozeman. Like, Bozeman popped hard out of that, and everyone yeah. was just like, okay, Harrison, good, good yeah. job. Then, yeah. then he was in a movie that uh, I believe only one of us at this table has seen. You, you know what I'm talking about. Are talking about Age of Adeline? Yeah. Talking about you that guys Age haven't of seen Adeline. Age of Adeline? No, and I keep oh, meaning to. So good. I how, went to the, I went to the premiere. Blake Lively is actually magic to behold. I mean, I don't even—I don't think she's a great actress, sure. but she is stunning. Um, he's good in it. He's really good in it, actually. He—I assume yeah. he's only in some of it, right? Because he's like an older version well, of right, whatever. Well, right. He's the older version of a, a lover she had when yeah. she was younger, but she's ageless, you know. But um, he's actually really good in it, and he's really committed to it, and it's a really bizarre role for him to do. And I'm really—and he, and he looks from the trailers, he looked. You, you kind haven't of, seen it, right? No, I was right. I, I kind of always want to see it. Uh, it's so—it's worth seeing. It's a uh, weird movie. He looked really earnest in the trailer, which I liked. It felt like his wall oh, was kind of down. And it's he's, complete. He's, it's, right. It's this open romantic, like it's um emotional thing. 
Um, so, also, I like Lee Tolenkrager a lot. I think he's mm-hmm. good and doesn't get credit. It's a really sincere movie, and yeah. it's so rare to see, and and it's and, and he's part of that. So I don't know. I think it's worth seeing. Why do you like Lee Tol? Do you like Celeste? I think and Celeste Jesse and Jesse is very good, and the that. other one he did, the Vicious Kind, I think is really good with Adam Scott. Oh yeah, I never. He's saw got that style. Either. He's got style, and he's really good with actors. Yeah. he was yeah. hired to make the fourth Diversion movie. Right, but that is a TBA. Yeah, that's yeah, not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I saw Shailene on my TV just last night. She didn't see her on hers because she doesn't have one. She doesn't have one. She just watches. <laughs> Although, as someone pointed, was it you pointing out that like most like people well, that age don't, don't have television, yeah, so it's actually not that big of a deal. It doesn't mean anything. This is post Emmys, right? Yeah. Yeah, she, she doesn't have a TV, news, but she has but... six tablets. <laughs> what do you mean? She does have a microchip in her head. Right, she has but, FX now. It doesn't I mean, like she is the one who like eats dirt all day, right? Like it's clay, like, it's clay. I'm, clay. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So um, but she's so, a gummy yeah. bear. You know the gummy bears? She drinks. <laughs> she, 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 drinks. <laughs> she lives underground and just pops up. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that's like the weird Harrison Ford thing. I, I, you know, you and I both argue that he is re-engaged in Force Awakens. Some people think he isn't, but I think no, he's I think in he it totally. Is. I think he's really excited to be in that movie because he feels like he has a handle on Han Solo's arc in that. And movie. I think he's funny he, again in that movie. He's I think very, he's got a light very comedic funny. touch in that movie. Yeah. I, I think he just you can tell. I mean, he always complained about in Return of the Jedi. He felt like he didn't know what the fuck the point of Han Solo was anymore, yeah. right? Like, what's he even doing in this movie? He's just like helping some Ewoks. Like, right. what, what am I doing? <laughs> right, right. And like, then later, it's funny to hear him in these interviews where he's like, "I was probably being a dick, asking George Lucas to kill me off." Like, I right. get now that maybe that was that was mm-hmm. rude of me, uh, but I just wanted something to you know, I wanted to have something to hold on to. Yeah. So obviously, with Force Awakens, he was like, "Yeah, now I know what I'm." I'm like building this towards but I know I mean he's one of those guys for me who like is capable of being so great and is capable of being so lazy like Bruce Willis falls in this category too where I'm sure. always just like pulling for them to just like get it back and jump back in the pocket even if it's only for a movie or two and it but, would like you know you just wonder like you look at his guys they're gone like Sidney Pollock doesn't make movies anymore right. you know like I think Harris the, the, dead? well yeah yeah, yeah, but, but yeah still so I think he could maybe make an effort yeah. you know yeah. and uh, yeah, right. He's but, got a couple things in development, but that, I don't know if they're going. <laughs> they're in turnaround. Yeah. I just, I feel like all his favorite directors, Bakula, who could Pollock. really get something out of him, right? Or, Wolfgang Peterson. Hey, man, he's great in Air Force One. He's great. I love that yeah. movie. So Nichols. Much. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, some of these people are dead. Look, yeah. we're going to, yeah. let's be honest. Um, so, and like Abrams figured it out with him, but he had to like crush his leg first. <laughs> so maybe, maybe that jolted him awake. I don't know. <laughs> And I feel like he and Spielberg are, are just so locked into that one world. That yes. they, it's not like, I don't think they would do a different thing. Yeah, together. I know, Spielberg's cool? never put him in they anything should. else, right? Yeah. He's never been. I in. wonder if they just have a very like business relationship maybe. and maybe socially just don't. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they don't get along because yeah. like Harrison. Ford I don't think he gets like along with anybody. Yeah, yeah. Right. Who I just like wants to like be... cut wood in the forest. He gets along with Calista Flockhart. He gets along with Calista. I mean, I'm happy for him. If Harrison Ford were in like Lincoln, you know? Sure. God damn it, Lincoln. Yeah. Get off my wagon. <laughs> God damn, that would be his line. God damn it, Lincoln. <laughs> but in a Russian accent for no reason. God damn. What's his accent here? What's he What doing? is anyone's accent? Some of them are doing like thicker ones. It, right. It's very confusing. It also, it does not help that a lot of the like miscellaneous crewmen on the submarine are really Russian. Right. Yeah, very Russian, Russian faces. Right. right. Yes. And very easy Russian accents. And then you have Sarsgaard, Neeson, and Ford. Three people with very distinct voices uh-huh. that are very tied to their own like dialects mm-hmm. and lilts and do not mask easily. No. no. Um, so this is a movie about a nuclear submarine yeah. called K-19. 
The that, Widowmaker. It was the first nuclear submarine. And it was never actually called The Widowmaker. They made that up. They made that up. It was called Hiroshima yeah. because uh, as a hilarious joke about how it melted people's faces <laughs> off. All right. Say negative five comedy yeah. points for that. <laughs> look, the Soviets. Hazashima? Uh, yeah. No. No. Let's get him in there. <laughs> no. <laughs> you want to say that every week? Oh, you want to object yeah. all of a sudden? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, ret- I retract that. I'm sticking with. Osama bin Hazar. Hurt Hazar. Hurt Hazar. Yes. Um, K nineteen. Yeah. It's a time. Look, there's the, a race to. The titles to, tell us right. There's a race to get nuclear submarines. The U.S. is ahead of them in the Cold War. Mm-hmm. They nuclear submarines are thought to be the sort of front lines of this tension. Right. So the Russians are like, "All right, we got to get one out. We got to get, get it tested. We got to make sure that we can fire a missile from one of these things." Right. So that's what the movie is essentially about until things go wrong. And it's right. 1961. And then it so it's not like, about that because they're too right. busy dealing with other stuff. Right. 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 It's like the height of the Cuban. I mean, the Cuban Missile Crisis around the corner. Like, it's like a, 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 a heated point in the cold. Neeson On many a, sides. Neeson is a captain <laughs> beloved by his crew. Then right. Ford comes in because he, they, the, the suggestion is he married someone in the Politburo's like, daughter. Right. And right. so he has like more yes, status. But doesn't Neeson fuck something up right at the beginning? I'm trying to remember now. Well, yeah, but the way he's fucking stuff up is that he like cares too much about his yeah, crew. Yeah, he's just like nice. Right. And they're like, right. you have to serve the country. It's like, work them like dogs. Right. And, and they're Neeson. kind of setting up a, a, a Washington versus Hackman thing. Yes. Right. Right. Like right, that. That's right, going right. to be the central tension of the movie. Except then it's not. The problem no. is that both of them are so stoic. Like yeah. Neeson is so stoic in this. They're setting up like he's the softy. He can't get his humanity out of the way. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "I care about these men," you know. And you're just like, "Well, these are just two boring yeah. dudes yeah. fighting for the whole film." But we've skipped over the, the moment where I just went, "Oh fuck!" Like Go I on. am not going to enjoy watching this. Go on. Which happens even before when they're like, "Your partner is a dog." Even before the like opening sort of like uh, crawl that we just explained, yeah. right? Yeah. In the opening credits of the movie, even before that, the National Geographic logo comes up, and I oh, go, right. "Oh fuck, that's right. what this movie is." Right, right. And right, that's right. the weird anomalous thing about this movie was this was National Geographic trying to make a blockbuster, mm-hmm. and so it was independently financed, largely through them and foreign companies, yep. at a budget that is rumored to be between ninety million and a hundred million at the time they were. Really spreading around that hundred million word because they wanted the brownie points of we gave a woman a hundred million dollars. We're the first ones. Ura right. ura. And now the legend has kind of gone like eh, maybe it was like ninety two, like maybe it was like a hair under. Sure. Um, but this movie feels like even from the moment those like inner titles start, like oh shit, this is just the most expensive like National Geographic special special yeah. ever. Yeah. Like it feels like. Really, really high production value um, reenactments. Yeah, that should have been intercut with a talking head going like the men didn't know what to do. Some like grizzled old Russian just being right. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like you. It feels like the only way this thing would be emotionally engaging is if you had a historian explaining to you at certain points what? how they felt because dramatically it's so inert. Well, mm-hmm. right, because mm-hmm. it's set in a very uh, rigid yes. command structure. Right. That is largely obeyed. Right. Two men who are different shades of rigid. And a political right. ideology that in some ways um, 
you know, denies individualism. And yes. so, you know, yes. like people have, have pointed this out. It's right. just like, they all call each other comrade. Right. Like we're all the same and we have one motivation shared between us. It's just right. like, okay. Well, and it's, it's about right. a machine you know. that breaks essentially. Yeah. Right. And then they try to it's fix it. It's a metaphor for communism. <laughs> I guess. I don't so, know. Right. And like, it's a problem that can't be solved. There's definitely a metaphorical it's, thing where it's like, yeah, they're throwing their bodies, like they're sacrificing sure. themselves for the this greater great idea. ideal. And right. then at the end, it's clear, like, the ideal will fail them. Like there mm-hmm. is nothing for them. Uh, okay. I mean, I've um, never cared about anything as much as these guys love their sub. They do love their sub. They're throwing their bodies yeah. on nuclear waste to save this fucking ship. I just, I could not get on board. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I felt much the same way. I just could, I didn't feel the, the pull of like why, I mean, I understand why we should care because they were real people and they, you know, whatever, but sure. Eh. But no, but it's like, why'd you make this movie? Look, yeah. you know, here, it's, I like don't you said, there's a lot of money on screen. screen. Like, it's right. just so well, Why is this the movie? But it's also, I mean, that's, the movie suffers from being like a bottle episode where like 95% of it takes place within the submarine and yeah. you're given so little context for these people other than just saying like, they say this man is this, they say he is that. Right. Where it's just like, there, there is no effort put into exploring the sort of psychology of living happily you know, or or so it seems within like a communist society, right? And feeling that selfless, yeah. you know, in the name of this greater ideal. So you just have to take it for granted that all these men like appreciate the submarine more than their lives. But it's a shitty submarine. It's they a, had to build it fast. Yeah, like right. I mean, yeah. isn't that sort it's of leaking, it's, it's fucked from the get go. The champagne yeah. doesn't even crash. Like the whole movie. It's true. Actually, yeah, that's an early scene where the champagne doesn't break, and they're like, "We are cursed." And that really right. happened. And that really happened, yeah. and then you there's this sort of there's this pall over the movie. I like, mean, not just because of that; it's already there, but that's sort of part of it. And then you're like, yeah, this and the pall never lifts. The movie just, opens bleh. with a bad drill, and they go like, "Well, this crew sucks," and it's like, "Well, but the good news is the submarine is also poorly built." <laughs> so then they try to fix the crew, mm-hmm. but it's like, well, let's swap out a piece of shit for a pile of diarrhea, right? Sure. Like they keep on like getting these like wacky fucking like bad news bears crew members. Because <laughs> so. the, the, the the head of the reactor core or unit, whatever, is is found drunk by Harrison Ford right. and he fires him on the spot and Neeson's like, Well no, wait, 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 this guy actually knows what he's doing and right. they're like, Nope, no, get the kid in. And so Sarsgaard comes in, he's like just graduated from school. Right. Right. And you're like, But the the sub is a broken. Like right. they, they don't <laughs> like that's but not good. That yeah. doesn't make any sense yeah. to me because like, yeah, Harrison Ford's like who is what is this? He is literally drunk, asleep, slumped over. Corner. And like to me, I'm I'm watching the movie. I'm like, yeah, no, I mean, you know, maybe fire that <laughs> that's guy. Pretty, that's it pretty does, bad. does seem pretty bad. And, I, yeah. and Liam Neeson's like, he's never done anything like this before. And I'm like, he went from nothing to asleep in the, in the yeah. basically yeah. in the nuclear reactor. <laughs> And with I, like a comically large he's just bottle having, of vodka in his hand. He's just having a bad day. And like, and, yeah. no, this is what happened in real life. This is history. So it's not like, oh, you should have written that differently. But also, why would you choose to like dramatize this? Because it's a like the Titanic. Everyone was like, this ship's going to fucking rule. And then they were like, well, we were wrong. And in this, they were like, this ship sucks. And they were like, let's just keep on sticking with it. Right. And that's that's the plot over and over There's again. There's no twist. Movie. Everyone right. knows it's bad and they right. keep on doubling down even though it only gets worse. They keep being like, hey, maybe we should not do and this. Titanic, and he's like, no, we will do it. For, yeah. for, for, for Titanic is, is set up in such a way that like, 
there's an accumulation of it sort yes. of like, oh, and then this happened and then that, you know, mm-hmm. and we're, and I suppose there is in, in K-19 as well, but it all feels pretty arbitrary. It's like right. some, there's a moment of kind of triumph and then all of a sudden, oh, the thing ruptures and now everyone's fucked. Yeah, you yeah, know? that's the thing. Like, when it breaks, it's just like, well, it's just it's like, well now it's, now everything's bad. Yeah. There's yeah. not a sense of build t- toward that at all. No, because no. that's like yeah. the genius of Titanic is that the first half of the movie is like a romance and is like, you know, this kind of comedy of manners before like the sinking shit happens and you're on the hook at that point. Yeah. And this movie is just about a fucked submarine that everyone <laughs> keeps on committing to. Yeah, well, but just, also it's a t- broken boat. That's, yeah. that's Titanic has like levels, and it takes you up and down through right. the ship, and it's whereas the submarine is just it's a tube. It's oppressive, yeah. like yeah, it's, it's which I know is nice. the idea. But if you don't care about the people in the submarine, that's just like this is a slog. But good boat movies get you into like right. the life on the boat like Master and Commander the greatest boat movie ever made but also like Crimson Tide like the movies that are like here's how everything works here and K-19 is like no it's a machine it's just a shitty machine right White, right. White Squall it's a good boat movie I've never seen White oh, Squall I've seen it yeah well it's got some it's got some boys <laughs> I like that movie in high school Bridges Boys yep yep um, but uh, yeah I don't know it's, like, it's also long also the long. scenes where so when when the reactor ruptures or whatever the hell it is the coolant thing, yeah, yeah, is that they it's have to go blue. in and try to fix it. Those things are excruciating. It's just, yeah. it's just a group of people after a group of people going right. in and just having their skin burned off and like in agony and then di- and throwing up and then right. passing out like that. Yep. And it's right. that for twenty five minutes, which is again like Big Liz right. is probably thinking like, well, this is this is what happened. Because I get right? the feeling with her, you know, you wonder like I I didn't see it on Wikipedia like Inception wise with this movie like so National Geographic is putting together all this funding, hundred million dollars, whatever. Sure. So that what do you what do you think? They just put an offer out to her, and she's like, "Well, the money's good, and I'm in, I'm I'm interested to see if I can do it because I don't really feel any sense of passion." That, that, no, you know. I mean, she was definitely in a rough point in her career because she had Strange Days, which was not a hit, and then The right. Weight of Water, which was a bomb. So like maybe she's like, "Sure, Harrison Ford, like right, yeah, that'll work, right?" I, like I think we'll she was out. on the back yeah. of her heels. I think the being able to break through that glass ceiling and make something of sure. that scale. I think was like appealing to her. You don't feel much attachment to the material. You do feel like her starting to develop this like obsessive, meticulous detail kind of yeah. thing, which I, I mean, I just imagine she really liked researching this movie. Sure. Yeah. And didn't love directing this movie. Yeah. And I think that's fair. Well, I also just think like who, wh- wh- why did they think there was an American audience for this movie? Why yeah. Indeed. Like, yeah. I mean, we still have, ha- I mean, obviously have hangouts about the Russians and we're now right. we're going to spend, Two hours with, you know, it just, I don't know. It just feels like an odd financial Within a story that has no emotional center. Right. And also isn't, has no sense of victory. You know, doesn't even have that much allegorical Where brave, helpful Americans are mooned. Right, right. How dare they? They just came to lend a hand. And, uh, um, but uh, they got a butt. Yeah, they got a couple cheeks. But uh, I think there was some appeal to the fact that this story had like recently been uncovered, right? Like that, it only comes out sure. in the 90s. That was the right. thing, Where it's like, we're, and it, I feel like there's a, 2002 is a little late for this, but still there's like, ooh, we're still learning like all the secrets of all these weird Soviet stories of like nuclear missiles that almost went off and God knows what else and, and also, you know, how like, close we came. It's similar to yeah. Victoria and Abdul in that way. Have you seen that? A recently uncovered story. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It's true. They, really? They, no one knew about no it. No one knew about it. Recently. Have you seen it? Um. Yeah. I, this will post a is, long time from can now. I, so, can I ask I mean, Richard? Yeah. Is it charming? Uh, I mean, it has its moments. It but, looks like it has its uh, moments. You know, it's Stephen Furrier directing an old lady. Like, he's good at that these yeah. days sure. or, or whatever. Um, watching a, a colonial subject, a colonized subject, 
literally kiss the feet of his colonizer and be really happy about it. Yeah. It's not like the best optics, but no. you know. Sure. Sure. She's not getting an Oscar nomination. No, 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 no. It's that's no. not going anywhere, no. right? No, I don't think so. I, I mean, I, I I didn't hear a peep about it out of Toronto. I know we were in Toronto and no one even like bothered to see it. I saw no. women walks ahead for crying out loud. How was that? Uh, it's not great. You know what I was? You know what I was sad that didn't get a lot of traction out of what? Toronto was stronger. It's so good. I think it's a great I movie. It's, really good. it's, it's fucking really good. Griffin. You're gonna like it. Man. It'll be out by the time this podcast comes. Oh out, yeah, right? it looks like yeah. my kind of thing. Yeah. It's out next week, I think. Oh really? Okay. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. It's really good, but I don't think it's going to... Uh, we're recording this episode in 2013, by the way. Oh, what yeah. doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> does he yeah. sing that in the movie? Of course. Yeah. Right. Cool. That's, it's, it's the, the whole, whole movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just does it over and over yeah. again. And by the end, people are like, stop! No more! And uh, um, it's great. No, but I, I think those were the things. I think for whatever reason, and I couldn't find... I was like trying to research and figure out, like, what was this initiative where National Geographic decided they were going to make tent poles? Like, what was that? <laughs> you know? But but did it, they just have a lot of money all of a sudden? I like don't what, know what happened? The fuck happened? Yeah, were they? I don't know. And this is it. And, and this they, was they like, never did it again. This was like it. I think. Yeah, well, this movie was a bomb, humongous like, flop. You know. Yeah. This but, is. But this is a weird first story. Other than that thing of like, this is a recently uncovered thing, and you yeah. can imagine people like rushing to try to figure out Russian, Russian. Mm. They were rushing along to try to figure out an angle on it, right? But the fact that it was like developed by people who didn't have experience making movies before, knowing what audiences would like. But you also have to imagine there was this run of like. From whatever it was, like, 89 to, like, 2001, you have, like, Crimson Tide, U571, Red and Red October, which are, like, three really successful. You know, like, U571 was, like, a surprise, like, spring smash. True, true. And the other two were, like, full stop blockbusters. But and it, I think it felt like virile territory that's fine, to do but, a yeah. submarine movie. But the story isn't... Good. The number four movie on box office Mojo's submarine is this movie. Right, exactly. So it is a fall off. Right, yeah. they looked wow. at the three Down and Down Periscope like, is number five. Hey. Das Boot is number six. I know, hey, I made the top five. But it's like they uh, thought, like, like yeah, I guess what people it. like is submarines. Right. And it's like, right. no, what people liked were the people in those submarines. Right. Sure. In the same way that, like, people, I mean, you know, a friend of mine has a question. She's like, would you rather be underwater in a submarine or be in space in a spaceship because both to me are fucking terrifying. Sure. But like that's kind of the appeal of a lot of space movies too is it yes. like is, is that like these people are contained and trapped you know. Right. It's not about the how the goddamn thing works really. Yes. I mean maybe that is partly like sunshine or something but you know what I mean? This is a movie about how the thing works. Yeah. And or the doesn't. answer is it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Exactly. It doesn't work. Both the movie yeah. and the ship. The movie's right. like a pretty good uh, the 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 submarine and the issues with the submarine in the film are a pretty good metaphor for the movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Where it's, I mean, well, also, and what we should know, we, they paid Harrison twenty million dollars to be in this right. movie, which is not like an outrageous. I mean, he well, was, how much did they pay Neeson? Do we know? That's a good question. Where I, was he at at this point? You know what? Let's uh, let's actually dig into. He's, Liam he's post Phantom Menace. I would guess he got like ten. I think they overpaid everyone in this movie. Maybe. Is my guess. So Liam Neeson, you know, he's got his after Schindler's List. Oh, and right. he, yeah, and th- it was, this was a few years after um, Qui Gon Jinn. Right. Yeah. So after Schindler's List, you got Nell, Rob Roy, Rob Roy, Michael Collins. Right. So he's making these big prestige pictures, even if none of them are like really going anywhere. Uh, home runs. Yeah. Uh, before and after. Oof. Oh boy, with Meryl Streep, people really do not. Talk about that one. I saw that in the theater. Uh, then Les Miserables, <laughs> yeah. where he's Jean Valjean, uh-huh. very sort of serious, sort it's of the Bill August, Bill, one. Bill August. And this is his name. real, like, kind of historical, like hero. I like, think after Schindler's List, right? Yeah, that's what right. they pigeonhole him as. Right. And then uh, the Haunting, 
which is him trying, I think, bust a move and have some fun. But that movie is torture to watch. But that was also like clearly one of those things where he had shot Phantom Menace. They knew he was the lead of the sure, new Star Wars sure. movie. And we're like, let's put him in some blockbusters. In a, yeah. A Yan DeBont. Yan DeBont, baby. I yeah. killed Yan DeBont's career. Right. And in this uh, and movie is that does, midpoint before. But the, right. no, I want to get to oh. it, though. Because then he does Phantom Menace 99. Right. Obviously, that's a big hit. In 2000, there's Gunshy, which is one of the weirdest movies ever made. The Sandra Bullock. Sandra yeah. Bullock, Oliver Platt, where Liam Neeson plays like a hitman with IBS. Oh, sure. That sounds like my kind of movie. I know. Have you never seen Gunshy? No. It is weird. Okay. Uh, huge bomb. And then, I mean, it... it Attack of the Clones. He's not in that. Uh, so it's a movie about pooping or not? Or it, yeah, like, yeah. Interesting. Pooping and killing. I would love this. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was a huge bomb when it came out. People okay. hated it. Uh, it barely then, came out. Then in two thousand two, it barely came out. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. It, it, it popped its head out. Um, K nineteen and Gangs of New York. Sure. Which he's so I think he's so, so good, good in Gangs of New York. York and, you know, yeah. just uh, you know, small part though. Small part, but that's why I feel like Scorsese's like. And obviously that was supposed to come out a year earlier, but like yeah. people have always wanted to work with him, right? Yeah, I think like he's he, a good guy. He doesn't, he doesn't seem to suffer from that. No. And then, you know, only a few years later, you got Batman Begins. And Chronicles then of Narnia. He becomes like a sort of steady hand at the side of a big blockbuster. And then yeah. we get like the Neeson we know now, which is basically like the workaholic who's in a zillion action movies. and Right, and does some middling dramas off to the side. Right. Like Indies yeah. every couple of years. He's pretty reliable. Seems to have a sense of humor He about did just himself. say I'm done. recently that he, right. yeah, he's like, I'm 65 fucking years old. Like, I mean, I'm he's old. Yeah. How much more of this I mean, can yeah. I do? I think I've said this before in the podcast, but Liam Neeson's like the same age as my father, I believe. And anytime I see a Liam Neeson action movie, I imagine my dad <laughs> right. sure. going through the same action. And like my dad like barely like, like walks more than two blocks to get lunch. You know, right, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's also not built like an action star. He's so fucking big. He's very big. He's Frankenstein's uh, I monster. just saw him. Yeah, Richard, did you see him at the dinner? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he's so tall. Yeah, but very yeah. skinny. Yeah, right. Uh, I saw because he was in Mark Felt, which he's okay. In. But he's just got like huge uh. hands and like a big head. He's, uh, yeah, yeah. He's not like he's not graceful in right. in, no. in a sort of he's sort of a fighting way. kind of guy. Yeah, Apparently, yeah. he's got a mondo dong. I mean, so yeah, they all that's say. What they say. Right. Um, Have you guys ever seen Third Person? Uh, no, Oosh. that's the Paul Haggis movie, Ooh, right? Yeah, that's a, that's that's a Vanity Project if ever there was one. But you know, I really think Paul Haggis is going to bring it back. <laughs> he's, well, Show Me a Hero is really fucking good. It is, but I mean, he didn't write that. But that's why it's probably pretty good. He's a decent director. It's also it's sure. the best directing I think he's ever done. Show Me a Hero is uh, I was a big Excellent. fan of. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. But what I was going to say is the key to I think both his work in the bigger blockbusters, right? Like in, in Narnia, the, the Phantom Menace and, uh, Batman Begins. And then also in his later, like Charles Bronson action hero phase is that there's this weird, like wounded sadness to him. Well, yeah. When he's doing this exposition, but in this, he's so bland. Like, yeah, he is. He's really those actors who I almost always find compelling, even if the movie's bad because there's so much humanity to him. Yeah. See, for me, I, until his kind of more recent iterations, I had always thought been like, oh, Liam Neeson, like boring, like, you know, like um, that that 90s list I read with like Michael Collins. That that got really boring. Is he in that movie Summersby? No, that's Richard Gere. Yeah. There's some movie that my mom really liked that Liam Neeson was in and I was like, ugh. He was like a mom crush guy who was kind of like, whatever. So him in in this, when when I was a teenager, and seeing the trailers for K-19 yeah. and, and Harrison Ford hadn't done anything you know like uh, egregious yeah you right, know but yeah. like but Neeson I was just like ugh like yeah, you know cares? I don't I didn't care so yeah. it's, it's it's weird casting because it's big name casting but both actors were at weird spots you know yes. it, it, it just didn't they both get above 
you know, yeah. above the title casting, but then the poster makes it clear, like, who it's, this movie it's is. It's a big red yeah. Ford head. Yeah, it's just yeah. Ford and then yeah. a submarine. Right. Neeson is right. nowhere to be seen. And yeah. then in the movie with Ford's character, I was really, I mean, I was paying as close attention as I could, being that I was also bored. Yeah. Um, and also just, like, bummed out. Um, yeah. Uh, w- that This weird turn where it's setting him up to be this oppositional villain, sort of, like, sure. this megalomaniac, maniacal captain. And then... No, then they sort of agree, and then right, everyone gets on, ground down, and he's like, and yes, then everyone's like bad. on on his team again. I don't know. It just uh, there's no arc. I don't know. There uh, isn't much of an arc. Yeah. The arc, yeah. the relationship that's at work here really is Ford's character and the Soviet Union, right? Right. Like, right. The motherland, right? And he finally is breaks with. But there's no Ford does nothing to show you any progression. No, at all. That, but that's why I kind of like the he end. Just of the goes movie. from being gruff about one thing to being right. gruff about another thing. Right. The the last the sort of coda stuff after the fall of the Berlin Wall. I think the two of them are pretty dialed in. And watching them sort of try to sort through these emotions that they've repressed they've for like got some, decades. They've got some old age makeup, which I think is well done. Which actually. is funny because they're almost the age. Yes. They're the actual real age. Right, you know what right. I mean? Like, yes, which is yes, why I think right, it's so right. well done is yeah. they just like took some of the young age makeup off of them. <laughs> right, you're right. Because right. Ford is about 60 when he makes this movie. Yeah. He's playing a man in his 30s, as you say. Yeah. And Neeson yeah. was probably 50. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. How right? old is Neeson? Yeah. yeah yes. Neeson's yeah. about 50. Yeah, right. Exactly. And both of them are supposed to be playing like 35. Sure. Yeah. But, but they give him the Joe Paterno classes. Like I just yeah, thought the, like. The, the tufts of hair. It's right. good. Yeah. But I, I felt like watching these two men like struggle to emote and figure out how to like acknowledge what they went through yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff. I was like, man, the movie could almost work if it was going back and forth between the two timelines. You know, sure. if it was more about them processing what happened than it was about the actual thing. Because to watch like two hours and 15 minutes of the thing just gets really repetitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I just laid out the plot of the movie, it's. Yeah. He gets put on the sub. He does a bunch of drills. That takes a long time. A lot of drills, yeah. right? A lot of drills. Drill, 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 and drill, maybe, baby, drill, yeah. drill, baby, drill. Sarah Palin's there. Who are she these can guys? See them because it's a yeah, from her house. <laughs> She's waving. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, hey, who are they? Uh, Daniel Plainview, because they won't stop <laughs> drilling. Great. And they never hit oil nor milkshake. Um, they drill a lot. Every drill, somebody like dies. Yeah, Harrison Ford's like, do this drill now. Yeah, there's then, one scene like, where some guy gets his hand caught in a chain, yeah, and then awful. they're trying to fix him, and then another guy gets knocked over and hits his head, and it's right. just like, what? And they're like, that's enough of that. Yeah. Only three more drills. <laughs> yeah. 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 And Donald yeah. Sumter keeps like putting uh, like cotton balls on a plate, and he's like, ah, finally, all my cotton balls. And oh, then someone yeah. will like knock him over. It's lo- almost like a Marx Brothers. There's routine. a lot of weird slapstick yeah. with like food in the in the galleys <laughs> sliding yeah. around, and then yeah. Ford has a little bit where the co- his like coffee or tea or whatever it is is, a, is sliding off, and he just catches it seamlessly. Sure, yeah. like because to show that he's like a salty oh, pro so or whatever. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. It's weird. And then finally, after all the drills, yeah. they they submerge all the way down to crush depth. Yeah, and yeah. Liam Neeson's like, "This is a bad idea too," and he's like, "No, crush depth." So they do that, and that's boring because it's just go, watching like a meter tick along. And then there, there, there's some CGI denting. Yeah, like, uh, right. but they survive the crush depth. Then they go but back. Liam up. Neeson throws a hissy fit about it. They go back up. They shoot the missile like yeah. a test. Right, and that works. And, and they like, all pat themselves on the back. They're like, and they're hey, like we did great. this unnecessary thing. Right, they, we, we, it, all that like an hour and fifteen minutes, oh, if not yes, longer. Correct. To build up to a successful test launch of a missile. That's it. That's that's like that's it. And then it. they 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 do, and then immediately there later they, they do the one thing. Yeah. The right. one thing that always happens in movies about foreign cultures is that to prove the, the characters' humanity, they have them play soccer. Yeah, yes. like, I just feel like that's such oh, a God, true. It's true. Yeah. You know, like uh, in some improbable place. In yeah. this case, on top of an iceberg. Right. Um, 
But yeah, and then they take a photo that comes back later in the movie. But you know, that's the weirdest thing about Bigelow doing that. And like, once again, I totally get why she did because it's like, okay, you know, I I've had some setbacks. I want to get back into the studio fold, even if this is independently produced. It's like a big summer blockbuster with a huge movie star and a massive budget and all of that. But the thing she built such a reputation for being good at is like clean economic action. Like she's an amazing right. action filmmaker, and this is not an action movie at no. all. It's a crisis management movie in which they're fucked from the setup. And yeah. then they just debate how to deal with it, and every decision gets worse. So, like, she's also good at tension, but this isn't really a tension that you can engage with. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's good. You know, there are wonderful shots of them walking down these narrow, you know, hallways right. or whatever. But what what is the term for? Um, is it insert where, where you're filming something that's just practical? It's not like a, an, an actor. Yeah, you know, yeah. like you're you're filming a dial or or right. something. Right. Denting. Yeah, insert shots. Like there's yeah. so much so of that much in this that. movie, yeah. and it's like, why get this really kinetic de- director right. to do that? Right. You know, it doesn't make any sense. But right, it's it's a really poor fit. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but like Peter Berg did yes. with that with Deepwater Horizon. Like that's fucking like yes. exhilarating. That's, that, a pretty that's good the movie. thing. Like you need someone who can make it overly kinetic well, you need someone with also, too much style. I think Catherine Bigelow is a better director than Peter Berg let me I say that too, but, but Peter Berg I mean, would have been a better fit for something like this yeah. probably yeah. but also Deepwater Horizon has a bunch of actors who have very different very big characters they're playing like Kurt Russell right. Right. John Malkovich like who are like doing each doing their own thing and it has and a massive Wal- explosion has a big explosion <laughs> yeah. Wahlberg's in the middle of it and he's the one who like you know he's the guy we're supposed to yeah. identify with him he doesn't you know he thinks yeah. this is gonna it's a problem right and it's very whereas, like muscular, flashy in your face, sure, yeah, thing, which works for that story. Uh, yeah. Whereas this is we're supposed to identify with Harrison Ford, I guess, and he's just like a big jerk who gets on a boat and is a big meanie. Yeah. He's mean, 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 right? And then the reactor breaks. He remains mean, although less mean. But the reactor breaking also has nothing to do with him. No, it's, it's just, not because right, the they, they It's not because the they dive to that yeah. depth. It's not because they launch them. You know, it's it's just completely arbitrary. And, Whereas, yeah. like, Deepwater Horizon has like a moral dilemma at the center right. of it, which is right. like dramatized through the characters, yeah. um, who you care about. Uh, she's weirdly like too. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? She's like uh, uh, too. Uh, kind of austere to make this movie interesting. Right, like she she's she has too much legitimacy as right. a filmmaker and a storyteller to make this movie engaging. Because the way you would make it engaging is by getting a bunch of character actors to ham it up. Right. Yes. yes that's exactly. what, that's what I want. Her, her right. approach is too like literal or, or sort right. of. Like, There's too much the integrity. Yeah. That's and what I, I'm saying. I think, yeah. and yeah. I think that commitment to realism fucks her over in Detroit in a totally different way where that movie's highly suspenseful obviously because it's about an absolutely it's a horror movie it totally works on that level right but well, we'll get into We'll save it for the Detroit episode. But, um, yeah. but yeah, this, I, you know, she's got the score by Klaus Bedelt that's like going wild with all kinds of organs and nonsense. Yeah. And yeah. you're yeah. like, yeah, sure. But then like, yeah, none of the actors are rising to this. Like I want no. big push broom mustaches. <laughs> you yeah. know, I just want to, and like, I want Sarsgaard to I, I want the, to the, the an old guy that did one last mission, you know, and yeah, we, right. we know he's going to, I, I want the tropes. I want the stock And, and this is yeah. a movie where you want the actors to have blenders. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, you want all the characters to have, That's like, right. here's yeah, my thing. weird little And they thing. give Skarsgård, like, oh, Skarsgård, he has, like, a, a, picture, a, a of picture of a girl. We see her in one scene. Right. But, like, that's not enough. I mean, like, I kind of like Also, the is he the he... only one on the boat who, like... Yes. He's <laughs> the only one yeah. who has Isn't, a, has yeah. a yeah. woman. It's, otherwise, yeah. it's a movie full of virgins. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, what's the tragedy? The incels. <laughs> it's a bunch of incels. Um, 
No, but I, I the word I was scrambling to look for is integrity. Like she treats yeah. this material with too much integrity, and she, which strangles the baby in the crib. Right, she does the job. Yes, I understood the mechanics of what was happening to the most, to the most for the most part, and I'm like, that seems bad. But, but that was it. But then the beauty of this movie is this robs her of the ability to do something like this again on this level, yeah. and she has to go down to basics and yeah. like figure out the, the bare essentials of what she wants to do as a filmmaker. Yeah. The problem is they also use this as like a red herring to be like, well, you can't give women blockbusters. Right. And it doesn't happen again until Wonder Woman. Why did that happen to Mimi Leader? Um, pay piece, Forward. Pe- pay Forward oh. was a disaster. It's peace, yeah. Peacemaker does okay. Then Deep Impact is huge. Yeah, it does well, although right. it does get beaten by Armageddon. But everyone well, but kind of went. Wasn't Deep Impact first? Or I don't know. I don't that remember. was second. No, it's, it was Peacemaker, it's Peacemaker, then Deep Impact, Deep Impact, and then Pay It Forward, which is not enough of a calamity to kill someone's career. Right. Like it shouldn't have no, it's not. It's well, a bad it's, it's, movie, it's, it's but... one for it's one for her. You know, right. like, you know, she'd done the two for you, right? So who cares if the little art project doesn't do well? They should have know? let her do like the sum of all fears or whatever. After sure. that, she should have been able yeah. to do some stock. But road, pay it like, forward was the first big movie for Kevin Spacey and, and Helen Hunt after and the Oscar. Taylor Joel. So it cost forty yeah, it million three. dollars to make. It was yeah. three people who had just been and anointed. It like, took yeah. a, a real life black person and cast him as a white guy, which is an insane thing to do. Really? Yeah. The Kevin Spacey character, like the real guy, was black. I didn't know it was based on a true story. Oh. Wait, you didn't. You're, are you, I can't tell if you're doing. No, your I'm not kidding. Really? That's yeah. the that's the whole fucking gimmick of pay it forward. It's like this kid really did that. Wanted yeah. everyone well, that to sucks. pay it forward. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So then I feel a little less bad for Mimi Litter if she let that happen. But, but yeah. she know. figured it out eventually, and she's doing such great work on like the leftovers yeah, yeah, yeah. and shit again. You yeah, know, but, she, but, she but has, for a moment, but there was a yeah. moment there with, with right. her and and yes. with Bigelow, I guess, with this where it was like, oh, okay, like right. proof. But then, and, and Bigelow had always worked at a lower tier than than even Leader got to yeah. go up to. You know, she was always doing like forty, fifty million dollar movie tops, and she came rocketing out of television. Like, right. you know, sure, yeah. she she was from ER, and right? But, she made a splash, but it was like there was this zone where it was like before this and after this, no woman was getting above sixty million dollars as a budget, right? And you get a couple people who like in the years after K nineteen, where it's like, oh, they give Karen Kasama like sixty to do Eon Flux, right? Right after Monster, and then that like crashes, you know? Yeah, you get those attempts, and then now you know, it it took like Warner Brothers was backed against a wall and couldn't not hire a woman. Like they knew how much public shaming they were going to get, and I also think they gave Patty Jenkins a lot of freedom because they thought. Suicide Squad was more important. You know, they right. thought Batman versus Superman was more important. They had their eye on other balls and they also felt like, well, you know, like we we can't we can't oppress her and her creativity because then we'll look bad. So let her fail on her own terms. Well no, so they'd already had the um the fuss with Michelle McLaren. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. And but Patty Jenkins like, had been um signed on for a Thor movie, right? Yes, Thor, yeah. two. Thor two. Right. But you look at like, okay, so Thor 2 ends up hiring Alan Taylor, right? right? Who's like a total Mimi leader, like a guy who did a bunch of Game of Thrones, like a good TV director. Sure. And he apparently did not work well with Marvel, even after they had fired Patty Jenkins. And they mostly fired him from the movie and reshot a lot of stuff, recut a lot of stuff. And Feige really kind of like directed that film, right? Yeah. And what does he get after that? He gets to do Terminator Genesis. Yeah. Like he the, gets to do another he, huge. He yeah. wins the Oscar. Right, and then no, he wins best Terminator director. Genesis. Yeah, yeah that won the big five, right? Yeah, they had yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jai Courtney, yeah. <laughs> Jai Courtney, Oscar uh, winner, uh, Amelia Clark. Is it Jay Courtney? 
I, I think it's I should I should make fun of him because I did see the exception that not little little Nazi thriller that he was in last year that's really good. He's and he's good in it. I like him in Jack Reacher. He's a big sack of potatoes. Oh yeah. sure, yeah. He's got a big yeah. potato head. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's. I mean, it's it's a great example but of like. Do you think that do you think that Wonder Woman changes anything now? I think it will. I mean, this is what I, I think, think is frustrating. Bit, yeah. uh, I, not I, just Wonder Woman, but also her getting the big paycheck for Wonder Woman yes. too. You know, her like. Right, negotiating yeah, yeah, yeah. like the, that awesome yeah. well, the, deal and all that. The thing that stuff. helps her so much is that the other DC movies have been so bad that it's so cut and dry that the only film that reason that movie works is because of Patty Jenkins. Like it's right. so clear. Like everything that's good about this movie is the opposite of all the movies they were micromanaging. <laughs> right, right. So you have to give her full credit. You can't spread it around anywhere else. I think now it becomes a trend. And the shitty thing in Hollywood is progress only happens if it feels like a fad if they think they can make money a quick buck off of it. So I think they're going to be a lot more blockbusters directed by women. Right. The annoying thing is if a couple of those don't work, then they'll go back back to blaming them again. Maybe. So you hope that these next batch like work pretty well, you know? Yeah. Um, You want to get to a point where it's like Alan Taylor and it doesn't matter. And they don't go like, well, white guys can't direct blockbusters. Like it doesn't represent anything greater. (laughs) But I think Bigelow, you know, got into this territory where like, um, uh, our, our our friend, past guest, Mike Ryan, I was having mm-hmm. a conversation with him where he was saying, like, the thing that's going to happen with Patty Jenkins now is what happened after Bigelow won the Oscar, where anytime there's a big blockbuster, they say, like, we went out to Catherine Bigelow and offered her the job, and she said no, so you can't blame us. We tried to hire a woman. Mm. Like, that's the right. one woman we'll hire, you know, we'll Maybe. offer these movies right. to. Right. Maybe. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And in retrospect, I mean, K-19, I don't think its failures are really her fault. At all. Um, I think it just shouldn't have been made. It's a bad project. Yeah, it's yeah. a bad project from start to finish. I mean, not, and I mean, that's not to disrespect the story, you know, whatever. But like, it's just like it's it not. Should have been a National Geographic. Yeah, special. it's not it would have compelling. Been engaging, right, fiction narrative. No, film. it's not. Yeah, it's not. No. Um, and and she tries, you know, she tries yeah. to 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 kind of yeah, amp it up. There, but there's some power to the ending, and you know, just I to like how the screwed over they get. Yeah. Um, but I feel like she should have either hit it harder. Or just not made the movie. I, I would have know. made it. I don't really have like a, a fix. But if you're for in her movie. shoes, also like, and someone offers you that mon- amount of money post, you know, Dude, no, I you're mean, like, sure. okay, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll make the best of it. You know, I, I would have made it a sub two hour movie. Yeah, sub two no hour. No intended. Wow. No, I would have made it a, a sub two hour movie in which the first half is the disaster and the second half is yes. all the coda stuff. Right. With them yeah, trying to emotionally Dakota? process it. Fanning? Dakota Fanning. Yeah. Oh, she's no. in this one mm-hmm. now? Dakota. She played the torpedo. Yeah, this is I Am Sam. Yeah. Uh, ben, did you even watch this movie? I did. Wow. I'm I, really sorry. I ran into Ben on the street yesterday afternoon, and oh. he was like, have you watched it yet? And I was like, no. And he was like, you're going to hate it. <laughs> it was awful. It felt like torture. Wait, uh, earlier on the on the, on the the podcast, Bill Iberi called it a masterpiece. Was he being facetious? No, he likes it. And I oh, hadn't seen it when he said weird. that. Yeah. And when he said it, I was like, oh, maybe there's like a bit of a gem here. I was kind of excited. I yeah. uh, you know, and then now I want to yeah. say like, what's, no. what, you know, what, what is it that you like about this movie? Because I, I don't really get it. Maybe, uh, maybe he likes test drills. Hey he's man, just, test drills, drills. Drills, drills, drills. Unbox Mojo, drill movies. Where does, where, where, uh, yeah, let's see what other categories. Deep Water Horizon's probably, it's well, in, Armageddon's technically a drill movie. Yeah, Summer, drill, baby, drill. Summer, it's the only, submarine is the only category it gets, apart from the oh, regular ones. Right. Uh, uh, let's do the box office game, because this is, I mean, this I is guess a so. huge let's belly flop of box I don't even know what time of year this came out. Middle of summer, this was like July, right? Summer picture. That's... 
Very strange. Um, so wait a second. Let me find the O2, weekend. which was a big summer. It came out July nineteenth, two thousand and two. I, I mean, nice that it was July nineteenth. Uh, what, what? Go ahead. J nineteen. Oh, you know the two guys um, that Le- Neeson and uh, Harrison Ford play died within nine days of each other. Oh, in nineteen ninety eight. Well, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of nines. There. And that might that I think that's going to happen with Harrison and Liam. Yeah, that's true. So. They're holding on like this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it debuted number four at the box office with twelve point seven million dollars. That is catastrophic. On a reported hundred million dollar budget, it uh, grosses thirty five domestic. Yeah, nightmare. Uh, thirty foreign for a sixty five worldwide total. Yeah, I mean thirty five would have been the lowest opening weekend they were comfortable with. Sure. And that was the final total. Uh, adjusted, it made $53 million. Not good. But adjusted, it would have cost no, $160 I know, I know. million. Dollars. I know, I know. Right. So, it's, okay. it's sort of an, it's, it's a weird weekend. It's, wow. 2002. This is, this is a right, wild weekend. Mm-hmm. So this 2002. is, uh, you know, we, Spider-Man opens like two months earlier. The, the blockbuster game changes. Mm-hmm. We have $100 million openers now. Yeah, Spider-Man has made $402 million in 12 weeks. Nice. He's sitting at number 22. So, number one. Mm-hmm. At this box office, I have a guess. Okay, but I want to hear how you set it up. It came out the week before, debuting at number two and on less screens, and they upped the screen count week two. No, yes, yes, they upped the screen count a little bit, although not much. Yes, Road to Perdition. It rose well to number one. I remember Road to Perdition, the rise. a summer movie. Yeah. Like for like a movie where it rains all the time. Tom Hanks murders a bunch of people. A summer with a Tommy gun that he named yeah. after himself. A Hanksy gun. <laughs> yeah. I made my, my grandparents come and pick me up at summer camp, sleepaway camp, so they could take me into town and go see Road to Perdition. Oh, yeah. I love that I saw movie. that with my dad. I feel like that's a yeah. good, yeah, I think a generational a, movie. I think it's a terrific movie. It's I do too. my favorite Sam Jude Law is really good. Oh, good. Jude, Jude Law is so phenomenal. Good. And Daniel for, Craig the is phenomenal. The kid from it. Teen Wolf and Tyler Hodge. And, 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 um, um, Everybody, everybody wants I watched some. Everybody Wants Some on a plane um, sure. when wow. I was flying to Telluride. And um, I went to Telluride. Oh um, my gosh, wow. And uh, Up in yeah. Yon Mountains? And I, I, I'd seen it already. Sure. But I was, I had, I kept covering the screen. I you was were getting riled. <laughs> I was, no, I was just embarrassed. I was like, I thought, like, it was like a little too, like, raunchy for a plane it, ride. It's a raunchy movie it's a, considering, it's cute, like, though. there's not a lot of sex. I love that yeah. movie. I think yeah. it's a great movie. I, I yeah. think it's good too. Uh, do, you, do you remember there was, like, a big thing? I think someone like Variety or the New York Times wrote a big trend piece on how, um, because Red Perdition like really legged it out and crossed a hundred million dollars and kept on playing well like weeks into its release and it was because older women were really attracted to Tyler Hoechlin or whatever his name is. Uh, yeah. He- he- Wait, he- but he was like, yes, very young. But he's got this weird he, man yeah. face in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. What and you there mean. was this whole big thing. Someone wrote a piece. I will try to find I, I, it and post it to our Reddit yeah. about how like fifty plus year old women were like, "That boy is so handsome," and we're going to see it like he was their little Leo. That they had to keep oh, on sure. seeing. Okay. Yeah, I, can, uh, I, 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 I get that. I guess so. A good movie, a weird summer blockbuster. I, I felt the same about Paul Newman, so I was... <laughs> sure. He's great in that movie. Craig is also so good in that movie. Craig, I said, That Daniel was the Craig first time I great. took note of Craig. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And that was Mendes drawing from the British theater. Yeah, right. I was like, who, who is so he? Well. Who the fuck is this guy? And then um, Jennifer Jason Lee is good. Joe Chi is good. And you get a touch of the tooch. And there's, there's that little boy, Thanks, the other brother, yeah, uh, who's Liam in Aiken? a series, Liam Aiken, thank you, yeah. series of unfortunate events. That one, yeah. that one's got killer. Brad cast. Brad Silberling movie, yeah. killer cast. I mean, Jesus, they were murderers. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know. All right. I, I have no Hanks idea. it goes dark. Uh, okay. I really do think that movie's good. I just think it's uh, crazy that it opened in the summer. Insane. Because uh, it's such a fall or it's winter It's an autumnal movie. movie. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Um, number two. Uh, so Road to Perdition its second weekend made $15.4 million, just yeah. FYI, which is uh, more, no, less than it made bef- the weekend before. But that's that thing but they it, used they to do. But they boosted its theaters. So like, they yeah. used to do that and they don't do it much anymore. I remember them doing the movie. exact same thing with uh, Bridget Jones's Diary, where you like open it the first weekend like fairly wide. Like, like 1,500 screens. Right. right. And you open it like two or three and then you get some good word mm-hmm. of mouth and then the second weekend you push it over 2,000 and then you hit number one. Right. And people, they, ain't nobody got time for that anymore. No, they just well, open they, wide. Well, they do pr- platform releases, though. Right, but, but usually you start release, real guess, small, yeah, right? right? Like, yeah. it's rare that you would start basically wide and then go wide. Not that kind of studio platform. Right. You know? Uh, right. Yeah, right. it's weird. It is a weird approach, but it worked. Was I this mean, his Road mo- first made movie after American Beauty? Yeah. Or, right. no, and no. then Jarhead was after. Yes. Yeah. And Road to Perdition was uh, so hyped as an Oscar movie, obviously, because it yeah. was like, you know. Like, is he a blank check guy? Yeah, yes. yes. yeah, right. Yeah. I just yeah. hate two of his movies so much. But uh, which it, ones? I probably hate the same two. That you Revolutionary know. Road and Away from Her. Away we go. Away we go. Away, from, from, her. Away from Her is a good movie. Good movie. Yeah. Away we go is terrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, Away we go makes me want to like throw myself into the Hudson River. It is a re- it is a relic of its time in, in the way that like Singles is or, yes. or Empire sure. Records is. It's just like that movie yeah. would never be made a month earlier or a month later. <laughs> it's just like yeah. so true. Yeah. Revolutionary Road cast. is yeah. just a movie I think it, that is just a total misfire. Like I, I like agree. the book it's based on. It's I, yeah. I don't, completely like, dead on the right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I agree. And like, Spectre's really like one of the, the most first... expensive shrugs in history. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Spectre's yeah. bad. Yeah. Spectre is more just bad. Like, yeah, it's like, I mean, there's even some good set pieces in it or whatever. It's just like, that's obviously a movie the studio fucked with a lot and right. like, you know, whatever. This is a Podway from cast or miniseries on the films from <laughs> Paul Sam Mendes. I would do it. I mean, he's a funny guy because I never have been able to figure out if he has a real point of view or if he's just like a good actress director who like hires great DPs. That's the big thing with him is everyone yeah. was like. He well, works with such great DPs like so, Conrad Hall and then uh, Deacons and like, you know, he's he, he likes like setting these things yes. up. Uh, Romley Newman, past and future guest, mm. a longtime sister of mine. Uh, she first time, watched, long time. First time, long time. Uh, she just watched American Beauty for the first time and oh. was like, "What the fuck was that?" I mean, that's a like movie it. Just that's... I, I was like, I, I can't even imagine what it would be like for you to watch that movie now yeah. without any context of how it was relic. received yeah. at the time. When I, yeah, because uh, that was it, a that was a tiff. Considering we were just that, yeah. that was a blew tiff, up. Uh, that was like the first phenomenon. big yeah. tiff. Yeah. Like, best picture. That's where I it was, happened. I was like evangelical about that movie after I saw it. I was like telling everyone who I took a group of friends to see it, mm-hmm. from, and I was just like, so I, I yeah. rewatched it recently. I'm like, this is a bad movie, right? It's and quite also bad. Although so it, tone deaf, it, it's yeah. way right, but it is kind of fascinating to watch it. Like it's right. not like a bad movie oh. where you're just like, oh, what were you thinking? This is shitty. You're like, what is right. this? But Romilly like, yeah. was like yeah. one when that movie came out. So she doesn't even like understand what it's commenting on. It, well, it just feels like, why the fuck would you make it? <laughs> it's this? also, right. it is to me like such a like monument to like Gen X thinking in general, but all, like pre nine America pre nine eleven. It's the ultimate pre nine eleven. Like, imagine making a movie way. about yeah. that after nine eleven. It's could. like, oh God, I right. have this house and I jerk off in the shower. Right. Like, whoa, is me, right? Yeah. Right. right. And, <laughs> and it felt profound. Right. And, it did. It felt profound. Is that like yeah. fucking bad? Yeah. Romley yeah. like literally yeah. grew up in the shadow of nine eleven. Right. So it's just like, why would right. any human being make this? How do you feel about and I was like, it won Best Picture and Director. Yeah. I remember my friend showing me the movie and I was very like blown away by it. Of course. Uh, I thought it was so smart. Yeah, I did too. It had like footage at the end of like old ladies' hands and (laughs) Annette bending on a fucking 
you know, yeah. amusement park ride. I was like, that's not like the, what the rest of the movie looked like. I was just, everything about it. I was just like stunned. By. Another movie from that time. I remember being like, wow, this was so profound. And then I rewatched Donnie Darko recently. Yeah. That's oh, a tougher yeah. one to, yeah. to come not, back to. That's not good. In college. I was like, yeah. I thought that was yeah. the most brilliant I thought, thing I'd ever I seen. Also yeah. thought that movie yeah. I, I had that yeah. problem also as well recently on Netflix with regrets in Paris, the movie, because yeah. that oh, was a big sure. one for me yeah. when it came yeah. out. And now I just felt like the metaphors yeah. are sloppy. Um, well, you know what? I mean, that's not number two at the box. You know what does hold up as K nine though? Yeah, it does. Just, they really, just, they yeah, really yeah, sank yeah. that stuff. Do you think that dog's dead? <laughs> yes. No. I mean, I, certainly. I don't mean to be a jerk, but that movie's like twenty-seven <laughs> years old. Right. If that dog isn't dead, we gotta call the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> we gotta, Bigelow, I got your next picture. Okay. You think Belushi just like sort of like transported his consciousness into the dog or something? I think that, makes, that would make sense. That, I mean, that's yeah. the kind of thing he usually does. Yeah. Road to Perdition number one. Number two is a sequel to a family movie. Uh, and I think the fam, like the family movie, had been sort of like live action animated mix. And I think the f- Monkey Bone, <laughs> no good sequel. Uh, yeah. uh, I think the family movie Monkey had, Bones had right. been yeah. Monkey you. Bones the Dollar Center. James Cameron's Monkey uh, Bones. <laughs> the first one had been such a hit that I, this to me is wild. This movie cost $120 million to make, which wow. is too much money when you're going to remember, when you hear what this movie is. How limited the audience base This is. movie's yeah. running time is 70 minutes long, 7 0. It's just about as long as like the Academy considers a feature length <laughs> right. movie to be. Yeah. It's following length. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, $120 million. And what did it end up at? It ends up grossing 64 mil. It opened number two to 15 mil. Yeah, he found out what it is. And, he's <laughs> and what, was, what did the first one end up doing? That's a good question. Let me find Is out. Brandon Fraser in it? Uh, no, but you know, he could have been. <laughs> like, okay, know. so it's that kind of movie. Okay. The okay. first one made $140 million. It was a big hit, but you know, these are expensive movies because they're these mixes right. of uh, live action and animation. Traditional animation or like modern CG, CGI kind CG of stuff? CG animation. If you're stuck for, if you need another hint, I can give you one. Uh, is it based off of a pre existing property? That was my hint, yes. It's based on a book. It's based on a book. But oh, like, oh, 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 I know exactly what it is. It's Stuart Little, too. Stuart Little <laughs> 2. $120 million they spent. That movie's 70 minutes Davis long. Picture. 70. <laughs> I mean, what even happens in Stuart Little okay. 2? Uh, he shreds. I don't know if you remember this, but the yeah. marketing campaign for Stuart Little 2 is I him on a skateboard. This. The first movie's oh. pretty like austere. So they poochied him, basically. Yeah, yeah they, they yeah. poochied him. Because like, the first movie's yeah. about like, what if your first day at school was really hard and also you were a mouse, right? right like like a, that's sure. what it's about? Right. That's yeah. And M. Night Shyamalan wrote It's essentially wide awake with a mouse. It's a mouse looking for meaning. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan did write it. Uh, yeah. The little family just got bigger. That scene where Betty Buckley kills herself in the first Stuart Little is so <laughs> jarring. But also the first Stuart Little is I like... I it was sensitively handled. <laughs> the first Stuart Little is like pretty stylish, like very designed, but he's the main CGI element in most of its live action. And it's a robust 84 minutes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's an epic. Stuart Little 2 is like mostly animals, which is why it was that expensive because it's like him fighting a hawk. Like yeah, he spends right, most of the right. movie in the woods on a skateboard. Like it's got action <laughs> sequences. That is not. What, I remember what watching it? it on plane. It's a bad fucking. Liv Nicky's in it, right? He plays Stewart's brother, right? And is Michael J. Fox doing the? Movie? Michael J. Right. Fox is Stewart, and then Melanie Griffith plays a canary, right? And James Nick Woods Lane is a plays hawk. a cat. Uh, sorry, who's is a uh, James, James Woods? Woods? Am I right about that? No, I'm not. Who who's the hawk? Oh no, you're right. Yes, he's a falcon. I'm sorry, that's sorry. why I was okay. confused. I was okay. looking for hawk. Okay. Okay, and Steve Zahn, of course, uh, surprising the role of the actor and political thinker James Woods. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course, never been wrong about anything. Uh, 
And then you got Hugh Laurie and Gina Davis putting in their time, getting yeah. their paychecks. Yeah, Hugh Laurie high on house money. Uh, pre- well, he's about to get high well, on house money. He, he, he used Stuart Little too to, to pay off his house. house. Yeah. 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 Right, right. Uh, it is number three in the mouse slash rat box office mojo category <laughs> behind Ratatouille and Stuart Little. Okay. And Mouse Hunts 4? Mouse Hunts 5, Flushed Away Jeez. is 4, my friend. Where's Fuck. Noah Taylor on that list? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Noah Taylor, the hero. Uh, one, st- one step beneath <laughs> Timothy's ball. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, so that's number two. Okay. Number three is a sequel to a big blockbuster that was number one the week before. Like a huge uh, blockbuster. A huge blockbuster. Uh, it's a it's number two in the series. It's a live number action. two in the series. It opened the week before. It it, it tops out at one ninety, which is pretty bad. Interesting. Uh, like kind of kind of a disappointment. This movie is a huge disappointment. We've discussed it a Man lot. Man in Black Two. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Mundo. Man in Black Two. Who wants to think about that? If one? only they had brought us on. A is that doctors. the one with Lara Flynn Boyle? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was supposed and, to. And Johnny Knoxville. Right. Okay. And I've told this story before. Barry Josephson, producer in the Men in Black movies, producer on The Tick, I told him the pitch that David and I came up with for Men in Black 2, where we fixed Men in Black 2, and he said, that's what it should have been. Wow. There you go. I, I We had our pitch. That was like the Rosetta Stone of our friendship. I feel like was, we were that friends, was early. and then when we cracked Men in Black 2, we were like, we're going to be in each other's lives for a very long time. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I'm glad to be in your life. You nailed it. Um, K-19 is number four. Okay. Number five. I, under and those, how much did K-19 make? It opened to 12. Right. It tops out at 35. Not great. No. Number five is a movie I remember being very hyped to see. Another flop of this, uh, this summer. Uh, that's, uh, it's like a fantasy action movie, but it's kind of set in the future. It's set in London. Rain of Fire? Wait. Oh. Rain of Fire. Rain of Fire. I was very excited because... Um, uh, what's her name? Is from Golden Eyes in it? Isabella. Scorpio. Yeah, I was like, oh, good for her. She's working. And then who's the other woman in it? Um, whew, I don't know. Let's find out. Not like Saffron Burrows or something. You know, she was in a lot of movies right around then. Uh, do you know the famous test screening story about her? Is that what you were about to do? Uh, no. What's about that story? Deep Blue Sea was that they were like, we have to reshoot your. We're going to reshoot the ending of Deep Blue Sea, so you die. And she was like, oh, okay. I mean, sure. Like, yeah. let's do it. And then she's like, so why? And they were like, in the test screenings, the audiences were literally going like, die, die, die. Like they, they told her that. Oh, like wow. They wanted Jeez. you dead. So we're going to kill you. Um, I'm trying to find the other woman in this movie. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just her. I mean, Gerard Butler is the fourth lead. He plays one of the dragons. Yeah, of course. Alice Crige is in it, but there's no other oh. women. Oh, uh, it's a boy movie. Yeah. I was going to say, Disney had very high hopes for that movie. It got pushed back a while, but they thought it was going to be like a big blockbuster Yeah, I think for it them. got pushed back because they needed uh, like tons of visual effects. Is it the weirdest it, yeah. thing that Matthew McConaughey has ever done? Just in terms <laughs> yes. of who he is? And, well, and, it's a really weird and thing. And I'm about to tell you the about. weirder thing about it. Because that's him like going as far away from McConaughey as possible. Yeah. And everyone thought he was cooked. And then he comes back with how to lose a guy in 10 days. Then right. he's in rom-com right, mode right, before right. the McConaughey. Right. In that movie, he's like all torso and he's like, right. like really dialed Shaved up. Shaved head. Yeah. Like, so here's the crazy alternate history. Disney was so bullish on that movie that at the time they were filming it and getting dailies back and being like, fucking McConaughey, he's an action hero. We finally cracked McConaughey. That's what it is. Uh, they were developing Pirates of the Caribbean and he was their original choice to play Jack Sparrow. 
that would have been. They were conceptualizing the role for Matthew McConaughey. I mean, I'd see that movie, but I don't think America. They were like writing it, and Disney was like, "Can you try to make this a McConaughey part?" And then Rain of Fire bombs, and they're like, "Forget it. Don't worry about it." And I think they didn't think Johnny Depp had him in the Keira Knightley part. And then, then they, they got rid of The other part of the story is that Johnny Depp went in for a general meeting at Disney because he said, I want to do a movie that my kids would want to see. What do you have in production? And they threw everything out at him. And they were like, we're doing a movie based off the ride, but you wouldn't want to do that. And he was like, oh, no, I'd love to play a pirate. But why did they throw sure. everything out at him? Because was he worth any money at that point, Don, Johnny he was, Depp? He was still uh, – wait, Johnny, Johnny Depp? Yeah. He hadn't – I mean – Yeah, Sleeping Hollow Sleeping was Hollow a big Sleeping Hollow was like hit. his first $100 million oh, I movie. Guess, yeah, yeah, he was doing Tim Burton stuff. But That's the other right, thing yeah. was he had such an air of legitimacy at that point in right. time. He was like such an actor's actor. That they were excited about that. That I think they liked the idea of classing up sure. a Disney movie, especially with those theme park movies, by being like, this will make it look substantive rather right. Than right. looking like the country bears. Yeah, well, I mean, right. that's true. Because, like, right, right, making a Pirates of the Caribbean movie on paper was an awful idea. Because right. Because it's going to be super expensive because you needed all these right. boats, which is, like, so expensive. Yeah. And it's based on, the, like, the lamest Disney ride that exists. Right. right. And they made three of those, and yeah. the other two bombed, you know? Pirates? Three of those oh, the, ride movies. Yeah, Country Bears and what's Haunted the other Mansion. One? Oh, yeah. Well, McConaughey did do Country Bears. Yes. Yeah, yeah of course. He played all yeah, of them. Right. In the suits, but didn't do the voiceover. <laughs> right. You're right. That was he was he just wanted to get physical. Yeah, he did a clump style. They filmed one suit <laughs> right, at a right. time. Yeah. Um, other movies. Mr. Deeds, which has grossed 107 million dollars. Mr. Deeds, which is like putting Catherine Bigelow to shame and dragons. It's just like Adam Sandler's rich. Mr. Very Deeds sneaky. Mr. Deeds was for me the canary in the Winona Ryder coal mine where yeah. I was like, Oh, this is not going well. That I was mean, also yeah. the first post shoplifting yeah. release for her. Yeah. So she yeah. like went and did her press form was trying to be like jokey and self aware. Like, oh. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Eight Legged Freaks, which opened to number seven, which is a bad movie that people pretended was like a fun B movie, but I don't think not, it actually no, is. No, it's it's just, a shitty it's, movie. It's a poor man's market. I don't think tax. that David Arquette has really ever done anything that, that's like what you first described like a bad movie that's like actually yeah out. I mean he's in Scream which is a great movie right, that but, is sort of like that but that's nothing to yeah. do with David yeah. Arquette no. right I'm trying yeah what is David Arquette like when when does he get to come back or is are we not letting I think him? we're good well it's cause like he's good and never been kissed yeah he is yeah, he's yeah. cute in that that's true it's just like you know cause like fucking Matthew Lillard got to come back but he's a good actor. I know he is, but I mean, maybe David Arquette's a good actor. I but don't I think know. Even if you watch like the early Lillard performances, there's a weird, funny energy mm-hmm. there. I forgot that he's in Bone Tomahawk, which is uh, gross. Yeah, uh, pretty racist movie. I, uh, yeah, but he gets eaten. Well, in and it. interesting to see what that filmmaker has gone on to direct and with which people he has chosen to continue working with. I, I skipped it at TIFF. Did you see what? Brawl in Cell Block Ninety Nine? No, I don't even know about anybody. It's a movie where Vince Vince Vaughn Vaughn smashes people's heads in in a prison for two hours. And he's already shot his follow-up to that, which is a police brutality movie with Mel Gibson, Vince Vaughn playing the cops. Oh, so I think we know who (laughs) S. Craig Sailor is now. Uh, Yeah, no, it's uh, I hear that uh, Brawl in Cell Block Ninety Nine is violent. Yeah, (laughs) that was the word out of uh, the screenings on that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Halloween Resurrection. Is in there. That's the one where they throw Jamie Lee Curtis off a cliff. But, but now she's, she's coming back. She's back. You can't fucking kill her. Yeah. Is Coolio in that movie or Busta Rhymes? It's Busta Rhymes. But Coolio is in a Halloween movie or is he in a Leprechaun movie? He's in a Leprechaun movie. You were Coolio for Halloween once. That's, what <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's what you're thinking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's, cause he, isn't he's there... in Leprechaun Back to the Hood, which is the second hood the, movie. The second? He didn't even make the, the cut for Le- Leprechaun in the Hood? No. Uh, Leprechaun is a franchise where there actually is like Leprechaun 4 too. 
Right. I mean, right. I've seen right. Leprechaun. They do a sequel to a sequel. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I've seen Leprechaun. Leprechaun 4 is Leprechaun 4 in space. Right. Uh, Three Lep- is in the hood. No, five is in the hood. Are I you could, sure about uh, yes. that? Oh my god! I think space I've never happens been more between sure in the, my life. No, 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 no. Are the hood movies back to back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. the hood movies, they were like, we we got a hit here. Like we we we're gonna ring this. Because dead. I thought they went to space and then they were no. like, sorry, sorry, back to the hood. No, no, we're no, no. going which, back. Which one did National Geographic produce? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Leprechaun Origins. The Widowmaker. Right, so there's right. Leprechaun, <laughs> Leprechaun Two, which yeah. is just a sequel to Leprechaun. Right. Uh, Leprechaun Three, which seems to be set in Vegas, is that the one with Jennifer Aniston? No, she's in she's one. The first she's one. in one. She's in one. Yeah. Uh, and then Leprechaun Four in space. Okay. Um, which I've seen and is tremendous. And then Leprechaun in the Hood. Leprechaun Back to the Hood. Right. And uh, then more recently we have the Hornswoggle Leprechaun, reboot. Uh, <laughs> yes. Leprechaun Origin starring Hornswoggle. <laughs> He's not joking. WWE wrestler Hornswoggle. <laughs> uh, yes. Plays Leprechaun, but they redesigned Leprechaun to look like a gremlin. This film was given to select theaters on August 22, 2014. I'm sure they were very select please, about the please theaters. Please Google what the Hornswoggle Leprechaun looks like. Okay. Because I'm sure you're imagining right now who who played Leprechaun was it a uh... Mark Davis? Okay, right. Yeah. It's Warwick Davis, and he's just got a wrinkly face, and he wears sure, a nice yeah. little green suit. Oh right? no! Right? Oh, I don't like this at all. Hornswoggle's like a very big little person oh, it's, it's wrestler, and they hired him and made. Oh no! He looks yeah, like a monster. He's a monster. Not a Leprechaun. He's not wearing a nice little suit. Whereas, no, like this like is it. this is the Leprechaun I'm looking right. for. Yeah. He's a nice it's man. Warwick Davis smoking a bong with somebody. <laughs> Uh, why does he kill because they he just get, trying to get his gold back I guess so I, 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 like, but why is he in space <laughs> like, did, they, did the mean, rainbow go to space I don't really know what the franchises well, aren't going to space I'm not an David I don't know yeah. <laughs> I mean I think he just he just has an Irish accent and he does like like jokes he just tells jokes I'm and ha- then kills people yeah. Leprechaun 4 in space is the one where he he's comes short, out he, of someone's pants he's short <laughs> <laughs> like when the guy's like oh let's have sex then he comes out of his pants somehow like through his fly and he goes you're gonna need a prophylactic or something like yeah. that it's very weird <laughs> Uh, well, I'm glad with how much we covered on on this episode. Like, I feel like we got yeah. a lot of miniseries down. Mm-hmm. Justin, we've covered the Leprechaun series. We covered K19, the Widowmaker. I just want to mention also yeah. Crocodile Hunter Collision Course is number 10 at the box office that week. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, you want to know what the tagline for that movie was? What? Crikey! Do you know that New York Times... <laughs> Big block letters. Oh, so, so it was. Yeah. Do you know that New York Times gave that movie a really good review? Crocodile Hunter Collision Course? Yeah. Really? really? Who, yeah. who was it? I think uh, it was Tony like A.O. Scott. Scott. <laughs> we loved it. Yeah. Bindi Irwin before she left. Jeez. Oh, Richard. Bindi Irwin. If you ever do a, um, a miniseries about that, Bendy Irwin. <laughs> <laughs> what if we just made that Ben's Bigelow <laughs> Uh, what do we got? Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. I mean, we don't need to cover all of them. Like Mike. What, you sick of this? You know, uh, how long has this anymore? episode been? Been five hours? Uh, now we're 40. We're doing great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how you doing, Ben? I don't, I just don't get how you could talk. It's Look, like boggling. It's, he's a cop yeah. and the the little guy's a dog. That's <laughs> yeah. a dog, not a yeah. person. Yeah, yeah. but the, how, I don't get it. How do they communicate to each other? <laughs> Body know? language. Just that Belushi magic. <laughs> I'm so confused. That Belushi charisma. I, I always called Jim Belushi the great communicator. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing Jim Belushi on like uh, Fallon, I think, like a handful of years ago when he was on Broadway. And 
Fallon in probably the most pointed interview question he's ever asked. The, the hardest piece of journalism he's here? ever done. <laughs> no, he said, so was it tough for you going on Saturday Night Live after your brother, you know, had been mm. such a huge star on SNL right. and cast this big shadow and he had passed away by that point in time? And I was like, wow, that's like a hard-hitting yeah. question. It you is know? kind of the question of Jim it's Belushi. The question. Right? I feel like I mean, everyone's always like out of sensitivity ducked away from actually asking them him that head-on, right? right? That's right. what we talk about behind Jim's back. Right. And uh, Belushi went like, no, you know, I felt like I got there on my own merits. And, you know, honestly, I, I feel like critics have been very, very kind to me my entire career. And I was like, oh, that's the secret. Jim Belushi has never read a review of a Jim Belushi movie. <laughs> Clearly. That's where his confidence comes from. Good God. <laughs> Some producer, on, according to Jim, just like made a fake Peabody <laughs> yes. order and was like, here, look what we want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, boy, Jim, Jimbo. Uh, he really, I know you guys haven't watched Twin Peaks, but he's so fucking good I in it. I think he's become a really good character. Uh, he's also really good in the Ghost, the Ghost Rider, the Polanski movie. Uh, yeah, that? he's pretty good in that. Yeah. yeah. He was in that movie that I saw called The Whole Truth. Oh, oh yeah. I knew that is a disaster. Yeah. He's fine. I mean, he's yeah. not the problem with that movie. He's become a good kind of like bureaucratic heavy. That he, was, there's going to be some director. I mean, I guess maybe it's Lynch, like who like. It's like okay, I I know what to do with you now. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, it might be Lynch. I mean, Lynch Lynch is a. Did you? I mean, Sizemore uh, gave this interview where he talked about ad libbing on the set, uh-huh. and David Lynch immediately just came yes. over the PA and he was like, "Tom, do I have to send you to the back of the class or whatever?" And Tom's just like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." So clearly, <laughs> yeah, like David yeah. Lynch wants you to say his weird shit yeah. in his weird yeah. order, and right. that is that. Yeah. Uh, no ad libbing on Twin Peaks. Um, that was a that was a pretty good David Lynch. God, he. I wish subtle. I could do him. Yeah. Uh, the whole truth, though, that was it. You never, you never saw that, but you know, it's from the director of Frozen River, Courtney Hunt. I think, oh. I think that's who it was. Uh-huh. I'm confusing yes. it with the Kate Beckinsale. Uh, right, the Valerie Plame movie. Yeah. What's it that was, one's called? That's nothing yeah. but the truth. Right. Nothing but the truth. It's this movie with Keanu. Oh, sure. And they like yeah. RSVP to the screening, and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Like Keanu, like yeah. I love like Frozen River. Steady like, hand. Yeah. And it's just you get to Magno, you sit down, and you're like, uh oh. Like oh, I just yeah, know this is oh, this this movie will never see the I, light of day. Yeah, I have to go see Kingsman two after this. Yeah, I don't think Which, that movie's going to get released, right? They're going to bury that. They're like, ah, oh, fuck it. That movie sounds aggro. <laughs> that's, that's it, the, oh, the embargo just went up today. It so did. And the it. reviews aren't bad. Yeah. They're just kind of like, it's a Kingsman I'm movie. I'm sort of dreading it. I yeah. find his aggro more interesting than other people's aggro. I agree. I just don't think, when I see Kingsman, I yeah. don't think, I'd like to see this guy with less studio restraint, you know, making this movie. Like, I'm fine with the restraint on display in Kingsman. I'll you know say what I mean? I like right. Kingsman. I do think I, I like it Kingsman benefits too. from being a little reined in. Although I'd rather see, like, whether or not it turns out well, I'd rather see Matthew Vaughn be given that much freedom because at least he's going to do something weird. I guess so. I'm it's worried kind of engaging this isn't weird, though, how this is just far like he's to spill big out. set pieces. But I don't know. Like we'll the see. The villain is like Julianne Moore playing Rachel Ray. Like, they're just strange. I know. Like, yeah. I know. Yeah. Could be good. It could be. I, I, I don't know. Kingsman's weird. I did enjoy it a lot, but it, I yeah. had such low expectations for it. And I remember just coming out being like, I had a good time. Weird ending. Like, yeah. that, that was yeah. sort of like. See, yeah. I, I, hot take. I like the ending because I think that's the point. I like the ending because of how tasteless it is. I can see that. I can, like, I can definitely I, I see that. I think it's kind of calling out the like casual misogyny of other movies by making it explicit and underlining how gross it is. I think that's cool. Yeah, I, th- I I can see that. I think, think Matthew Vaughn's super you cool, vomit. and the ending's super cool. I, that's that's what I'm trying to say. He's right? an aggro dude. Yeah. <laughs> He's an aggro dude. It's an aggro movie. Yeah, I don't know. 
Anyway, yeah. K-19, like, the Widowmaker like is the opposite of that. Yeah. Why yeah. No, that's, I like the ending yeah. of Kingsman. Yeah. yeah. self And why I defended Todd Phillips in a previous episode, because I like movies that are like, yeah, that this is despicable what I am yeah. now doing. That didn't come off great. Uh, it was really. I know, I really listened. I was like, you're, where you're like, no, I think you should get a blank check. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I think he's interesting, but it's the same thing where it's like, even when the movies are bad, there's a level of, of self-hatred and self-analysis there mm-hmm. that I think is compelling to watch whether or not it's for the intended reasons. Right, like when you order like a really gross meal and you're sitting on the couch and as you're eating it, you start to just feel really sad. Yeah, or when, when you go, you are and, and you're just like, right, right. you're yeah. RSVP'd Which the I've whole done. truth. I've, I've literally started crying while eating a sandwich. Yeah, no, I've not started crying. Well, like almost. No, but like the yeah. seamless guy they're arrives, like, oh, you right. pull the, the lid yeah. off and you're like, why did I do this? Right. Why was I, I did that in a hotel room in Colorado. I Well, I forgot how big the portions were. I was coming back from Telluride on my way to Toronto and I just was like feeling lonely and self-pitying and I ordered like, $40 worth of Mexican food yeah. and like opened it on my hotel in Hampton in bed and like two bites in I was like it's <laughs> <laughs> just like so pathetic I, I've literally uh, like, had yeah. the thing where I order Domino's and the second the order finishes I start spontaneously crying <laughs> like Holly Hunter in broadcast news mm-hmm. and then when the pizza shows up I'm so happy and I think Todd Phillips and Matthew Vaughn have that similar thing where there's like a level of technical craft there yeah. used for like bad means but, like, in the same way that Domino's is designed to make you happy while you're chewing on it. Right. Like, it's like they chemically found the right balance right, of right. salt. Right, right, but then minutes over, you're like, but you oh, think the God. minute they lock a picture, uh, Todd Phillips just like, goes in the parking lot and just, like— I think so. Yeah, just sobs his eyes out. I think so. But that's yeah. why, I, if I ever get a Griff's Choice, I think I would spend it on Due Date because I think Due Date is the one movie where he, like, lays his soul bare and is like, I hate myself. Like, right. this is the hangover for people who like the hangover to tell them why they're bad for liking the hangover. All right. Well, All right. Co- please come back again soon, yeah. Richard. No. Dos vidania. <laughs> My Russian friends. Oh, God. What did I just see that had good Russian shit? I love Russians. Oh, Death of Stalin, actually. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, I love Russian shit when you, you lean into the sort of the pomp and circumstance. Sure. This doesn't do that. It does not. No. Uh, no Nanochka, this movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> Could have done with a little levity. Sure. little comedy yeah. manners there would have been nice. Uh, Richard, thank you so much for being on the show. It's always such a pleasure. I always have fun. Thanks for having me in this lovely new studio. It's bigger. Yeah. It feels, it feels like legit. We it doesn't feel lighter. like the walls are closing in. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not dying of heat. Ben can afford right. shoes right. now. I don't feel like I'm in the reactor room. You know, That is what our old studio was It used like. to feel like K-19, the Widowmaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and similarly— And Steven— uh, and, um, uh, Sarsgaard was always in there, uh, yeah, just yeah, kind of in the corner crying, right. which was I always thought was strange. I, I never commented see, on it, but, right. yeah. see. but still like weirdly made like one or two million dollars for just being there on the corner. Yeah, yeah, it's where all of our budget had to go. Yeah, yeah. also much like uh, Canantine the Widowmaker, many people died just constructing that studio. <laughs> like it never should have been recorded. Someone got run over by a car just as we were walking into. Uh, do it. you guys right. remember the last couple times I recorded with you? I I threw a champagne bottle at you, and it didn't break. <laughs> And then we would just yeah, look at the yeah, ground yeah. and go, oh, it's yeah. cursed. Yeah. Also, Ben was always falling asleep at the ones and zeros, but we kept yeah. it on because we told him he was a good guy. Yeah. 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 We, didn't, we didn't fucking forward him. We nascent him. We nascent him. Thanks, guys. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's been our episode in K-19, The Widowmaker. Uh, Richard People should follow you on Twitter. Check out Little Gold Man. Yep. Uh, All that. Yeah. That book coming out in February. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Read that book. You know, I feel like your listeners are really into like um, weepy, um, gay adjacent YA fiction, right? Sure. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I fucking am. Well, yeah, exactly. then there you go. Have I'll, you have you guys seen Beach Rats? I'll take rats? ten. Yeah. I seen was what? Into that from the movie. opening shots of Beach Rats, I was like, "Yep, 
I'm in. Yeah, I, I'm re- in. I really liked Speed Trap. Yeah. That I was a that divisive movie. People were kind of all over. Well, the people thought that. Um, I guess it like various Q and A's and stuff like that. Um, oh, was she? Uh, you no, know, people were like, "Why do you, as a woman, like feel like you could tell the story or whatever?" Mm. It's like, ah. She told it well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's she's like, from Flatbush. You know, she, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's also very of a piece with her first movie, which is clearly like very literally autobiographical. Yeah. But this is a very adjacent story. Yeah. Like it's the emotional it's the world she world. understands. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and she's interested in sexual yeah. exploration and awakening and all of that. I think she's a very good director. I'm very excited so to see the rest of her career. Please pre-order my novelization of the film Be Trance. <laughs> now available on Amazon. It's Be Trance, <laughs> the junior novelization. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a picture oh, book. Hey, right. And it has <laughs> the joke I was going to make is it has uh, 12 pages of color stills in the middle. Yeah, I lovingly drew all the apps. So do you remember when that was a thing? Like you'd buy like the novelization of Space Jam and as we all did. Yeah. And the selling point was like in the middle, there were 12 pages of color pictures. I I remember when they made a Black Beauty movie in the 80s. I had one for Black Beauty where like I would skip the text and just go to like the, because I was like, I wanted to see the pretty pictures of the horses in the desert. It was like a collage of production stills with little captions. I had one of those for Star Wars. I had a few of those. Yeah. 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 Junior novelizations. They Mm -hmm. were good. I have one of those for Victoria Abdul. Oh God, the, yeah. the foot yeah. kissing. <laughs> so good. Uh, tried to think of another Victoria yeah. Abdul joke. And I was, <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what my favorite book is? Like if I'm being honest, like my favorite book of all time, the book I probably read the most. Shoot. Uh, the Muppet Treasure Island, Choose Your Own Adventure. <laughs> Wait, so there's like, are there adventures where like Gonzo you, becomes the captain or yeah, whatever? You are Jim Hawkins sure. teamed up with Gonzo and Rizzo getting on that ship. Mm. But but you know the yeah. the power dynamics. Can you like die? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> really? I think so. I think they go like you see black. <laughs> oh Jesus! I remember it getting grim, very grim for a movie I with mean, Polly the talking parrot. Right, like, who's actually a lobster. Was there were there like dutiful kids who if they picked an adventure where like, they died, they they're just, they're just like well down. and just close the book and put it back on the shelf. They put like, it in yeah. the fireplace. Well, yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> Uh, you gotta go see Kingsman Richard we should let yeah. you go yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, enjoy Kingsman uh, people can uh, go see Kingsman out now in theaters it's, it's probably, probably hanging it's, out yeah. Yeah. Right. right it's I don't know for two months it's yeah probably, it's probably got uh, like 16 at screens. the box office by now yeah um, is that movie gonna hit I guess people want to see yes, it right yes, and like it's well. there's just nothing right now yeah, I, it has I, been... I think I'll make an easy 100 million I think it'll do less than the first one yeah it'll do well worldwide yeah yeah, and they'll make a third one. Well, you said that about Random Hearts, too. So I did. No, my dad said dad that, and I it. told him that right. it wasn't going right. to work. Right. I thought Pay It Forward was going to work. So, you know. <sighs> okay, goodbye. All right. Goodbye. goodbye. Uh, thank you all for listening. Those Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Go to blankies.reddit.com for some real nerdy shit. Thanks to Andrew Pudo for our social media, Lane Montgomery for our theme song, Joe Bowen, Pat Reynolds for our artwork. And as always... Get off my submarine!